When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. Welcome to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Thank you for your company here Sunday night on Cross SEN. Jen Wallace and joined tonight by Paul Heath. Heater. G'day. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. And uh, I mean, you can see the smile on my face after uh, one particular team's performance this afternoon. But uh, no, it's been a uh, fun round of football so far. Plenty to dissect across the three hours here on SEN Sunday nights. Uh, yourself joining in as well. A bit of an ensemble show as Bray Loveridge will be clocking in a bit later Lovely. on in this hour as well. So plenty of people uh, to you know, field the calls, which is always <laughs> important. But the couple of games across this Sunday worth talking about. The starting game, Carlton and Port Adelaide. The Blues by three. It was an interesting game, that one, as a, a big long lead. Mm. Fought back and then holding on by the skin of their teeth, really, as you sort of say. And then uh, Essendon Frio, the game you're referring to as well, <laughs> that's got a big purple smile on your face. The Dockers running away with it after half time and up by 48 at full time. What did you make of the game? You're obviously a big Frio fan. Yep. What were you thinking at half time? Let's start there. Uh, why are they playing into the other team's hands? That was my thought at half time. Um, the signs were there that, you know, the performance. On the road was going to be okay and we're going to be around the place, but just the um, sort of sharpness of it and the final uh, execution of all their hard work was lacking. And then we saw Tabernard just absolutely, when I saw him around five already, I was like, oh, hang on, we need to sort of see how far he could go today. But uh, he put the uh, cue in the rack a little bit later, but Banfield, very good. He probably could have got up to four goals even as well. Sean Darcy stamped his authority on the game towards the end of it. And uh, Frederick and Switter both having... Great games as well. Brayshaw, Sarong back into the team. Um, there's still a few more to come back in, but it must be frustrating for Essendon fans so far this season. I said they didn't have the vibe of a team that were one in three last week, but they had that sort of feel about them today. There was a lack of confidence at times. They pressured the Dockers very well to the point that the Dockers made mistakes constantly, but couldn't do anything with the, like a, a scoreless third term, which has been the Dockers' poor term so far this year so they've turned that around completely as well so with the with Essendon obviously it's a they were a pre-season mm. conversation regarding premiership contenders contenders yeah. and now with being one and four they're on the opposite scoreline to Frio have moved to to four and one so I suppose some supporters out there may be wondering well exactly how do we go from pre-season contender conversations to one and four and Arguably, one of their best players so far this season has been someone that they brought in late, Nick Martin from True. Subiaco, who kicked five in his first uh, crack at it and has been, he was excellent today, probably one of the only ones that you would thought you could back in to have a shot on goal and almost, you know, 
put it down in the book was Nick Martin today. So, yeah, uh, interested to hear from some Bombers fans with how quickly it has slipped away and what they think might be happening or what's going on uh, or what's to come because the um, truck rutten era was very excited. We know that we missed he missed out last week and they were able to get a win, which is one of those unusual things that happens in football. Your coach goes away, you guys win, and now you're seemingly back with the main teacher in charge of the school and uh, things aren't quite going the way that you expected. So definitely want to hear from some Bombers fans about where it's gone. And if you were believing the hype heading into the season, I think that's probably one of the main ones to watch out for as, as a footy fan, isn't it? Is the preseason hype. Yeah. Interested to talk to everyone out there. 0433 98 11 16 is the text line and the open line 1300 736 736 is the call line to come through and have a conversation here with myself, Jen Wallace and Hita as well. Look for Essendon and Frio, you know, the Dockers, their best start to the season since 2015. Again, you're grinning across the desk from me here. Uh, that was obviously the year they went on and won the minor premiership. So some conversation now with with people already getting excited about what they might be doing in September. Mm-hmm. And Tabernar, he the first to kick seven in a decade Oof. for Frio. Pavlich being the last to do so when there was a seven and eight bag for him in 2020. 2012, I should say. Well, we're going back, so, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a long time ago to so have someone kick a big bag. Uh, the open line, one 736 736 as we start off the show and have a quick chat now to Muzza. Muzza, welcome. Good evening, um, Mr. Frio. When was the last time Frio beat Essendon in Melbourne? Oh, mate, we're going back. Uh, it has to be more than 10 years. I reckon we're probably looking at... 12 or 15 years, I think. Uh, it it no, has been which a while. Is, which is, hang on. Which is your guess? Uh, I'll go 10. I'm going to show you out here because I know the answer. <laughs> okay. Good, Muzza. Good. I'll go 10. No, nah, it's 12. It was 2010, 12. And it was Easter Sunday. Oh, there you go. Bit of synergy in that. Don't yeah, mind it. I, I, I only know because um, I was with friends and I had to listen to another station and they told me. Ah, <laughs> fair um, enough. Yeah. Same as I need a fibrillator for the last quarter of Carlton's game. Oh, I went out for lunch. My goodness. And when I listened on my pocket radio, Carlton were um, thirty-one points in front, and I thought, "Hey, it's the third quarter. We, we, we'll kick on here." And I got home uh, with six and a half minutes to go, and we're three points up, then nine points up, and I'm thinking, "Oh no, don't tell me this mob have got us <laughs> twice in the last two years by three points." They are our worst nemesis. And where do we play Frio next week? Saturday. No, where? Oh, Optus. Where's Oh, are you oh, over, over, over in Perth, Perth yeah, yeah. And uh, I've got bad memories of last time oh, Carlton oh, came over here. We're, yeah, we're Cactus. Oh, I don't know. The yeah. umpires helped you out last time, didn't they? I think there was a, a bit of a questionable free well, kick I, after the siren and uh, maybe a 50-metre oh, penalty. No, that wasn't an eight. No, no, that was a 50 and a free kick. What are you whinging about, you purple army? You sooky la-la. I'm just, just repeating my you memory, Muzz. la-la, purple army. Just because you're sitting second on the ladder, just remember, we're only in April. Yeah. September's a long time to come. I'm already looking for bus I options, know, Muzz. I turn, a, I turn a milestone in that month and I don't want it to come. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to steer clear. Are you going to are you going to uh, reveal to us, Muzz, uh, what uh, milestone we're looking forward to? Well, it's between fifty nine and then there's sixty one. What's in the middle? <laughs> I think I can get this one right. The one earlier, I wasn't too sure on. I reckon I'm going to go sixty here. Yes, yes. Don't yeah, tell lovely. everyone. I don't uh, want right, to mate. earn it. 
Just between me and you, my right? Mates at, yeah, my mates at work have already said I'm going to get a, a senior's card. <laughs> <laughs> comes, with, comes with discounts. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. The bus is cheap. But I already had one of them. But um, oh. um, no, I thought I thought Frio, seriously, I thought Frio were the better side. But um, um, they had a lot of the run on now. If Carlton can stop some of that next week, it'll be an interesting game. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. But good luck to Frio. They can have the glory at the minute. <laughs> Thanks, Mazza. We'll take Blues it. next week. Bye. <laughs> See you, Mazza. All the best, mate. It's uh, Mazza and Geelong, one of my uh, yeah faves that I get to have a chat with on uh, SCN when I do get to get behind the microphone. So a great, uh, you know, usually here Geelong, you think, oh, it's going to be a cat's man on the end of the line there, but Blues fan. And, uh, yeah, still shaking my head a little bit from that 50-metre uh, penalty and the shot on goal that I don't think, was it Nunes? I think he hadn't really kicked one in half a century basically and he kicked this absolute stunner from the boundary line after the siren and that was Heartbreak. the game yeah one of those nights <laughs> don't you love when <laughs> when you get retaken back to those yeah. things that you think you're very deep deep yep. deep away not a chance <laughs> they come back to get you so uh look it was a a game of of two teams telling two very different stories in the second half with Fremantle really pulling away after the halfway mark. Let's continue on the phone line here, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heater, as we have a chat to Shane, who I think wants to chat a bit about Essendon. G'day, Shane. Yeah, how, how are you? Very good. Uh, yeah, uh, I've had through five years of the worst coach in um, Essendon's history, John Westfall. Now we've got... Um, Ben Rutten, if he had any decency, he resigned now, effective immediately. Wow. Okay. That's a huge call. So what have you seen? Um, that I mean, apart Actually, from... he's, he's setting records. He's the first coach to run our rotation. Yep. The lowest score for 140 years last year when we played the Bulldogs in the finals. And he had the worst start for a coach for 57 years. Okay. All right, it's got the got it's, the facts to back up the yeah, uh, the, the marching notice. Yep. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not unfounded. Uh, it, can't, it can't coach. I blame um, Xavier Campbell because he appoints these coaches that don't go through a process of sitting through in front of um, like a coaching panel to uh, appoint the next coach. They just give him the job. Mm. Yep. Oh, I, uh, I I thought he had pretty good credentials coming in. Shot. He should just resign now. Well, I mean, I don't think he's going to. I think they're going to hold on. Yeah, but because he's got no right, decency. Though, That's the, why. The stats you've brought up, though, that, I mean, it does. You've got a compelling argument when you look at those things. So it'd be interesting to see if we get the other side of the coin from any of the listeners to say why they're backing him in, you know, on the flip side of, of your debate as well. But, yeah, I mean. Yeah, but he's, first... still got one, he's still got one more year after this, so. mm. So he's not the only he's not the only coach in the gun at the moment. He joins Ken Hinckley sure. fairly solidly. Uh, but, um, he's got a lot, lot of ex- he he's got he's um he's got a record. Um, John, um, what do you say? Ben Rutten's got no record. Mm. So you think it's all a coaching based problem at at the Bombers yeah, at the moment? Because he he does it, he's um he's a carbon copy of John Westfold. Never tags opposition midfielders. He always says. It's never his fault when we lose. It's always the player's fault. Okay. And um, he always says the same thing. John Westfall, the one to play our kind of style football, but yeah. it's no good playing that kind of style if you're playing against good sides. Mm. 
Well, if it doesn't you work, know. it doesn't work, does it, Shane? That's your that's, that's your point. Right. Yeah. No, look. He's got to go, but no. they won't sack him because they're so. Sh- that's why Essen hasn't been successful in the last twenty years because of the administration. Mm. Thanks for the call. All the dud coaches they uh, appointed. Shane, really appreciate your thoughts, mate, and uh, hopefully the Bombers can bounce back for you shortly. Well, I mean. Had the facts to back it up. Had some reasoning. That's Absolutely. what we like to see. You know, not not just coming in blindly going, I just don't like the bloke. There was some yep. some hard facts. Yep, and coming uh, in. they are the important things you want to see. Uh, I mean, sorry to keep reflecting back to the uh, uh, Dockers once again, but the Russell Russell Lyon era was a very winning era for the Dockers, but we couldn't kick past twelve goals. So once the team went past that, we sort of put the um, glasses down and was like, that's the end of that day. You know, so. If your team's not scoring, if there's that lack of connection there, which is uh, what they were touching on there, that caller. So, yeah, it um, you do start to look a bit further up the tree rather than to uh, the players themselves. Time for one more call. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's cross now to Raf. Raf, how are you doing? You're joining SEN Sunday nights. How are you guys? Great, mate. Good, mate. Um, I'm not an Essendon fan. I really don't care about Essendon, but I think Essendon's overrated their list. It's not as good as what people thought they were. I mean, they had a good season or run home last year, and they snuck into the finals. Mm-hmm. I think the Essence supporters think their side a lot better than what they are on paper. you got players, look, Stringer can be a superstar, but the inconsistency in his game is way beyond compatible. I mean, Heppel's sort of gone back with McGrath. He, he can be a star as well, again, but too inconsistent. So I think their list is a little bit overrated, and... I think they just overperformed compared to last year. That's a pretty fair rap on it all, Raf, to I be perfectly see. honest. Yeah, because that was, that was the question I had uh, for the previous caller was, do you point just straight to the coach or is there a personnel issue? Because he immediately reflected to the excuses that Ken Inkley has at Port, for example, but said, no, our coach doesn't have those excuses at, at the Bombers because most of the player personnel are there, I guess is what he was saying. Mm. Yeah, well, Essendon haven't got the personnel as uh, Port Adelaide do. Port Adelaide, I've got no idea what's going on there. Um, Essendon, I just don't think their list is ready for it yet. They'll get better, but I don't think they're ready for them finals yet. Thanks for the call, Raf. Appreciate it, mate. That's Raf, Meadow Heights. So Overperform- Overperforming last year, yep. maybe that's where coming back to that point of that pre-season discussion where experts were putting up numbers for, for Essendon to be featuring up the top end Over of the inflation. table. They were so, saying something that maybe the rest of us didn't see or didn't believe mm. and hasn't uh, come to fruition. Not so far. Not across the first five rounds. No. Got a couple of callers waiting, which we'll get to here on Sunday nights across SEN. In just a moment, stick around with Heater and Jen. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Thank you for your company here on Sunday Nights with myself, Jen Wallace, and Paul Heath as well, sitting across the desk. And, Peter, I know you're a happy man because Frio have gotten <laughs> up on a Sunday uh, across against Essendon by 48 and earlier on Sunday it was Carlton just clinging on by three over Port Adelaide. A close one that didn't look like it was going to no. be close 
partway through that game. And then the Frio Essendon game was the reverse, really. It looked like it was going to continue to be a close game and then it blew out as it went through. Your way to get involved across the show here, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. As we look at any of the AFL games across round five, some plenty of talking points as well to go through. One being, of course, Rory Sloan gone for the season. For Crows, it has been confirmed they did rupture that ACL. Nasty news for a, a yeah. legend across in the Crows. Hate to see it at any time, but uh, when a player is getting to that later point in their career as well, it's hard to overcome and come back as the same player as you once were. But, uh, yeah, all the best to Rory on the upcoming surgery and recovery as well. Yeah, it looks like he'd go into surgery, I'd probably say, in another week. Yep. And then it'll be all about how that rehab comes along through for him. Let's continue on through the open line here as Billy has been waiting patiently. Billy, you're on Sunday nights. How are you going? Yeah, evening, Genesee. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not a Frio supporter, but I watched that game uh, today and um, I was just amazed how well Frio are. And I think they're actually the real deal because um, I was concerned at the start of the year when Fife wasn't going to play for a while. And I thought, and that's going to be very hard to cover him, but they've covered him and the depth that they've got has been amazing. And I think next Saturday's match against Carlton over there, next Saturday night is going to be probably match of the round. And if they can stop Carlton getting a blistering start, I reckon they can do what they did to Essendon to Carlton if they stop that quick start of Carlton. And I think Patrick Cripps might be back next week for Carlton. So it's going to make it interesting. But just as long as they don't give Carlton that head start that they've been doing to most of the teams, um, I think um, Freo could have another big win next week. Billy, um, love your thoughts. And also, please feel free to call in any time that I am on air because uh, <laughs> I feel like we're uh, talking on the uh, same sort of lineage here, mate. So uh, thank you for your thoughts. But, um, yeah, definitely. And uh, for them to have jumped from, I think they said 17th uh, as far as scoring off turnovers to the point where today they're number one in the league and they had only scored their first five goals or something from turnovers, you just see the spread, you see the run where they get the turnovers and that they're ahead of the ball and ready to go. I feel like we're looking at a different team. So, Billy, I'd like to get on uh, board with uh, the real deal sort of talk, but just need a little bit more convincing. But uh, you are almost getting me to that point, Billy. Yeah, oh, look, I, as I said, um, I'm, I don't bury for him, but mm. just the way they played tonight was amazing. Look, I know every team's got injuries. Like you could say, you look, Stringer didn't play, Hurley didn't play, and you can go on and on. But if you look at every other team, a lot of teams are missing some key players. So mm. it's just what depth you have. And I think they're just covering um, their depth very well at the moment. And the, out of defence, they were unbelievable tonight. It was like a training drill in that second half. But as I said, if they can just stop Carlton by getting those quick starts, which they've been doing over the last few weeks, I actually believe that Frio can have another really big win, especially at home. I think they'll get a big crowd out there next Saturday night. Yeah, fingers crossed. Great to talk to you, Billy. Thank you for coming through. All right, thank you. Have a good night, Billy. And Ascot Vale, you can uh, join in all the same, 0433 98 11 16. That's the text number, or 1300 736 736. And don't forget that this Sunday night, live on the SEN app, you can catch up with the Scottish Cup semi-final. It's Rangers v Celtic. So you can show your support for Celtic as well online at celticfc.com forward slash store. The Glasgow Derby Sunday on SEN at 11 p.m. Eastern. You'll be able to find out who will go through to face Hearts in the final after they defeated Hibernian. 2-1 last night. And I've got some uh, more news about some uh, cup semifinals that have been going on around the place a bit later in the sports update as well, Jen. That's good to know. Now, I've got to, I want to circle back to Billy mm. just then, just speaking about the fact that he was concerned that with Fife out, mm. that Frio would have major holes. And it seems to be that those holes have been pl- well and truly plugged. You as a big Fremantle supporter, mm. where does Fife fit <laughs> back in 
and at whose expense? Yeah, it, it's hard now, isn't it? Because I was, uh, I thought Neil Erasmus probably did enough to hold his spot today, um, or at least as the sub. So I was disappointed to see that he went out of the side, but that's just a newer player coming through. So he's already out of the way. I don't know how they fit him in to be mm. quite a bit. And the, uh, I'm pretty sure the rhetoric from the coach uh, pre-season was that Fife will now be back to um, the uh, mid midfield rather than being that, that tap-in forward line um, Resting forward and yeah. having that experiment and there. Which we know he can fly from up. We know he can take a clunk, but it just has been that execution of the final third that has been missing, which then we saw with Michael Walters today. It got on top of him. A little bit where he was more worried about the outcome rather than just the execution of the, of the shot. So we don't want too much of that in there because we do have these guys that are starting to get on the score sheet every week. The Stukowskis, the Fredericks, Brayshaw kicking a goal today from a set shot was just like, put it down your calendars, folks. Like respectfully to Andrew Brayshaw, fantastic player, but just one of those things you have at your club where it's like, oh, just someone else to take the set shot. But where does Fife fit in? Uh, if there's any Fremantle fans out there that want to help us try and, uh, you know, figure Get that, that question out, 0433981116 is a good place to do it. And on the, the phone line, of course, 1300 736 736. Let's turn our attention to Big Al, who's been waiting online as well. Big Al, thanks for joining the show on Sunday night. Good evening, guys. How are we? Great, mate. Oh, obviously happy. Yes. Oh, obviously. <laughs> are we talking flags or what? Mate, I've booked the bus. Don't worry. I'm on. You're talking, where can you put um, Fife? <laughs> mate, I know. Put him in the back pocket. Put him anywhere. <laughs> no, the back line's sorted, mate. I, I don't know. You There's, sorted uh, that out? Yeah, okay. we're good for that. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Griffin Logue dropped today. He played his best game for him last week. So, yeah, I don't know. Options hey, galore. Don't know what to do. He's on fire. Yeah, we, have, <laughs> we have to put up with Jenny now that you're gone. But, uh, you were back as well. Oh, God. <laughs> Double the trouble, mate. How's your super coach going, Ada? Yeah, not bad. I think I'm going to have a winning week. Um, I saw that. You were struggling this week. time. Yeah, I know, right? I've just I've just got the line-up sorted, mate. I think I've taken over you on the, on the bottom of the ladder now. <laughs> I think you went the early crow last week, mate. That might have come back around to bite you. Yeah, anyway, so I, was, I, took, <laughs> I said to have a nice Aussie picket overrated, which I still believe he is, him and um, Charlie Cameron. But he came out and kicked goal of the week. And oh, how good was three. that oh. as well? Just... Yeah, it was great the, goal, wasn't it? The follow-up effort as well, that's just, I don't know, no, people talk about one percenters and stuff, but just to follow up mm. and be there to crumb his own <laughs> uh, kick into the forward 50 was just um, super impressive. Because <laughs> he was a well, highlight I expect, reel. I expect that out of him every week, him and Cameron, but they just don't do it every week. That's why I, I said they're inconsistent. They're great players, but just got to do it every week. Mm. Oh, only kid, as my, um, Hillary says, he's only young. <laughs> Funny Plenty of time for growth. <laughs> was there another game today? Uh, like three men less than? Um, hang on, just sh- sh- trying to go through my notes here. Uh, I think Carlton and Port played. Yeah, yeah. Carlton Car- and Port played. Is that yeah. who won that one? Uh, Carlton by three points. Oh, that would sting Michael, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> five zip now, is it? They are. Yep. Oh and five. Well, do you know who they play next week? Hopefully, they play North Melbourne. <laughs> That could be a decider, yeah, for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, they're so sitting wallowing there, but they've got West Coast next, so oh. you know West Ooh. Coast only with the one win. At West Coast, mm, no, uh, Adelaide Oval. Adelaide Oval, it should be, yeah. yeah. Oh, they got you think that win that one, yeah. But if they they lose that, Hinkley's got to go. Yeah, that could be the marching orders. Yeah, if they go in six, yep. Well, it's pretty pretty tight at the top now. Besides, Melbourne's one game ahead of everyone 
Rio Garden. Yep. Brisbane and St Kilda. Yeah, it's a bit of a log jam between second and sixth, isn't it, with the everyone on the, that four four and one. So it is tight. Top six. I've got to look at next week's round. Jeez, it's hard. Every every game sort of um can go either way. No, it's, I, so I can't. Kicking, yeah. Yep. I can't, can't. I can't look at the tipping just yet because I've got to get through this week. Got one more game to go, <laughs> so I'm going fairly well after two horrendous weeks back to back. So um, I need to to look at next week. Next week, but you yeah, it does seem them, challenging. I've dropped. I I selected Richmond, so I dropped that one. Yeah, I picked them too, so they lose. That worked, so that's good. I don't mind. But I'm, <laughs> I've got seven so far, so one more to go. Oh, on, a, on fire, mate. The man. old boys will win, will win tomorrow. The long. Mm, yep, I, I feel the same way. Yeah, me too. Yeah, what else is news? Any other news? Oh, mate, a bit going on around the place. Uh, Tell me. What, what sort of news are you looking for? Got Any footy news? Any footy news? Uh, well, Anyone get injured, rubbed out? Uh, did you hear about Rory Sloan with his ACL? Yeah, seen that on the news. Um, who else? Uh, we had the... Uh, not, no one's been suspended, but... Uh, what, what do you think of Cox and um, Gardner on yeah, Thursday getting night? Off, getting off with the fines. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think they deserve more? I I feel like that's what they've sort of bought these um, sort of protocols in for with that to to keep the players in the game, is it not? I mean, I'm interested to see Cochin getting charged with kicking. Um, a kicking offence usually would get you a week off, but that's mm. a fine as well. So, I mean, it wasn't severe, but still a kick's a kick. You yeah. Know? So, oh, Cochin. Yeah. Cochin got off, did he? Oh, uh, that's a surprise. Yeah, just the 2,000. Richmond getting off. Yeah. Yeah, with the early, early play. Take it, early Once play. Yeah. So all fines oh, so but, far. But, yeah, I don't know. The cops... Was it a bad kick? Wasn't a whole lot, but, I mean, kick's a kick, I think. You know, yeah, he lashed it, out. He did, he did lash out. That's right. I, mean, I wouldn't want... Oh, he's, he should have got two weeks in. I didn't, didn't even see it, but two weeks. I wouldn't want you to kick me, oh, Big Alan. I wouldn't kick you, mate. So, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't kick you either. That's <laughs> a banter, brother. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Well, I really appreciate that. Good to hear you back on the airways and enjoy your Fremantle, Fremantle glory. Yeah, well, okay, mate. I most certainly will. Thanks, Big Al. Good on you. Big Al and Craigie Byrne. <laughs> One of the greats. One of the great callers on uh, <laughs> SEN. And uh, we've certainly got the uh, text line ticking over at the moment, Jen. So if you want to get involved, 0433981116. Uh, Aaron's doing some great work on the text line at the moment on Sunday nights on SEN. It's having to look like Tony Lockett today. Waiting for him next Jay Wiedering, who's been in some very good form as well. We threw out the question about uh, where uh, Fife could perhaps fit back in. Yeah. side. Fife in a Pendlebury roll off half back. Oh, yeah. I don't know about the delivery by foot. Uh, and also, I feel like maybe he's been surpassed as far as some of the half backers that the Dockers have at the moment. And Luke getting involved and saying, Frio haven't beaten a good team yet. Maybe, but they've beaten everything that's in front of them. Is Carlton a good team, Luke? And they're up against them this coming week. So, yeah, keen on everyone's thoughts on who the teams have beaten. Um, it's fair, probably fair enough, as uh, Big Al referred to the latter, that Melbourne are a game in front of everyone because it certainly feels like they're a game ahead of everyone and how they're playing at the moment. Uh, they had that near on 10 goal. They had a 10-goal quarter versus GWS yep. on the weekend as well. So, yeah, very good team at the moment. But, yeah, that concern does start to come into, isn't it? Uh, the Yeah, who is the better teams and if you have beaten anyone. Yeah, Melbourne take on Richmond next weekend. The way Richmond are playing at the moment, you would think you can mm. chalk that one up to Melbourne again. But I think we've been asking it week by week at the moment. Who mm. is going to find the blueprint to 
effectively stop Melbourne and, and show everyone else the way. How do you do it? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the latter, I mean, five rounds in, we know there's a long season still to go. But, yeah, with the, the next lot of teams, Frio, Lions, St Kilda, Swans and Carlton, all four wins, one loss so far. That top six is pretty tight, but it is Melbourne still just sitting right up the top mm. and just looking looking pretty convincing. There was some strong words thrown around with that victory with GWS, dominant, ruthless, uh, off the back of the week before against Port Adelaide where everyone sort of thought, oh, maybe they didn't actually get out of second gear. Mm. I felt like they took that in at halftime in this latest game and went, okay, he- here is our further gear. We can really drive people into the ground if we want to. And then piling the pressure even more so on Leon Cameron. Hasn't it? Another result like that. Massively. Yes. So a couple of coaches, that's a good talking point as well. A couple of coaches right now. Uh, we had the caller earlier in regards to Essendon. Ben Rutten. Yep. Yep, Ben Rutten. And then you've got Ken Hinckley that's mm. obviously being talked about weekly, almost daily. Uh, and Leon Cameron as well, who's put off contract talks. Mm. Always becomes a nervous, nervous time. Plenty of time to take your calls and your texts. In just a minute on 1300 at 736 736 or on the text line 0433 98 11 16. You're on Sunday nights here with Jen and Heater. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Welcome back to Sunday Nights on SEN. You're with Heater, Jen and Bray. And uh, Heater, about to give you a quick sports report and some other sports results from the weekend. We'll start with the NRL all the way back to Thursday. The Cowboys are defeating the Raiders uh, yeah, well, 18 to 12. Ricky Stewart sort of losing his mind a little bit. So another great thing you love to see in NRL. The Panthers way too good for the Broncos on Friday, 40 to 12. Rabbitohs also continuing along with a big win theme, 36 to 16 over the Bulldogs. To Saturday's matches, Manly, as you would expect, 26 to 18 over the Titans. The Storm having to work hard for it, but still far too good. 34 to 18 over the Sharks. Sunday's matches, the Roosters down the Warriors, 22 to 14. The Dragons, 21 to 16 over the Knights. And on Monday, we still have the Eels v. the Tigers to come. Sunday's matches uh, for the NBL, we saw the 36ers uh, stop the Kings winning streak, 90 to 82. Some people said that winning streak would never end, but it is all over now. And it was the 36ers that have done it with some uh, late season wins. In the A-League today, a Central Coast Mariners, 4-0 winners over the Wellington Phoenix. Uh, any NBA fans out there, we've seen game one of the final series get underway. The Jazz are down the Mavericks at 90 to 93. The Timberwolves, too good for the Grizzlies, 130 to 117. And the 76ers, uh, 131 to 111 winners over the Raptors. But for the Warriors, defeated the Nuggets, 123 to 107. So straight back into it for the other half of the series in the morning. The Heat versus the Hawks is up first. Celtics v Nets, Bucks v Bulls before the Suns take on the Pelicans. So there's a heap of NBA action underway and ongoing. And uh, in the next sports report, we hit a bit more of the APL FA Cup and also get you across the latest Major League Baseball results from the weekend. Thanks, Heater. Great update. Very comprehensive, that one. Bray, welcome into Sunday nights, taking over the chair. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, happy Easter as well. And to you, Sunday, happy yes. Easter, of course. It's been, a, it's been a big, long weekend of wishing everyone happy Easter. Yes, so th- the Sunday results, of course. Carlton scraping through by three over Port Adelaide, leaving Port Adelaide as the team wallowing without a win this season so far. And Frio 
A big win by 48 over Essendon. Uh, Billy on the text line. Jen, just heard police in Melbourne and the missing persons department are looking for 18 men in black and red jumpers last seen at Marvel Stadium who went missing between 4.30pm and 6.30pm. Thanks, Billy. That's always a good one when those ones come through. Yeah. Uh, on the on the open line, of course, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the best way to get involved across these few hours of Sunday night. This is a great area to get your say on the sport of the weekend, especially AFL. And we've got Michael on the line joining us. Michael, you're on with Jen and Bray. Evening, Jenny and Bray. God, you're peeing me off, Jenny. You love mentioning Port Adelaide <laughs> on your show. I don't love, you know, I don't love mentioning them. North Melbourne, just... there's Hawthorne, oh. there's the Crows. West Coast. There's West Bombers, Coast, yep. West Coast. Those Friday yeah, games being seem, too blowouts. You seem to love playing the boots into us, but you know what? That's all good. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately today, about hey, just quickly on your intro song, your yeah. um, intro song um, sounds like off the show, you know, Judge Judy. Oh, does it? <laughs> I don't think Similar, I've watched Judge you know Judy I mean? in a while. I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to have to go and listen and get familiar. I'll have to. So you know what? Well, you could sort of be a Judge Judy. You know what I mean? Because on your show, you know, you have opinions, and yeah, then get, you give your opinion. I'll have to get a gavel sound, and that that can be the way we <laughs> we finish off some calls, Michael. I don't mind the idea at all. What did you think yeah, yeah. of the hey, game? I don't want to lay I the think? boot. I don't want to lay the boot into Port Adelaide. That's not definitely not what I want to do. But let's talk about yeah. what you saw from the game today. Uh, obviously, a, a strong comeback that must have at least given you some, yeah. something to go. Okay, we've yeah. got something in us. We've got showed some fight. Yeah, it was um, quite um, warmish over here too. I think it was um, twenty-seven degrees, so quite warm. So obviously, we run our legs, but that's no excuse. We had. Um, Nine, I think, scoring shots to them, two goals in the second half. And I think the last quarter, we might have kicked about five behinds in about eight minutes or nine minutes. Like Pal Pepper, um, Motlop, um, Robbie Gray. But you know where Ken Hinckley got, got it going for us? He, did you and Bray watch any of the game? I only listened to it on the radio. Was... Oh, well... Yeah, did you uh, notice Bray, he threw Connor Rosie in the midfield? Yeah, right. Good and, move. And yeah, oh well, cool. Picked up twenty-four. Big pun. Twenty-four disposals from him, so it's worked yeah, out. Yeah, well, well, I think he's got the engine to go in there eventually, like in, into the midfield. Yeah, he's. I reckon he's a. He's obviously a very young, talented, talented player. forward. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a lot of potential and. You don't mind seeing these little changes that coaches do because you never know. It could work out very well. It could be something you would have never, I guess, well, ne- something you would have never discovered if you didn't try. And they've tried it and it's obviously yeah, worked yeah, really well yeah. for them. So well, obviously, Carlton were well. missing Chris. Yes. You know, yeah. in the midfield. Yeah. Like, he was a huge out. So that's probably why we got, got as close as we did. But I think two or three years ago, uh, Muzzer would remember. Um, I went to MCG and we got over him by a kick or a couple goals. We seem to always port and Carlton at close games at the MCG. It's always that rivalry. Yeah, so. Well, it was also the. So now, um, sorry, go break. I was going to yep. say, today was also the biggest crowd between these two sides at the MCG. So. Obviously, a oh, decent wow. turnout of like 33,000-odd, I think, was there. So, pretty yeah, good turnout. I had to um, work night shift tonight, so I didn't have the opportunity to go. But, um, 
Yeah, but I've got, you know, I'm from Adelaide originally, so I've been told that, yeah, they're definitely getting uh, noisy over there back home in Adelaide, and I'm sure it'll be on front pages of the paper, but... You, you know, unfortunately, someone's got a code. Sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the luck of the draw, isn't it? And sometimes you say to yourself, should we go for a um, proven coach or should we go for someone that's not proven? That's the risk you sort of take. Don't you agree? It's sort of like a job, you know what I mean? Do you go for an experienced person or do you go for an inexperienced person? You know, if you're... Um, you know, going to put someone on for your business. Do oh, you agree? Or absolutely, there's always. I mean, that that recruitment process sometimes can be, you know, from internal. You can look external at you know the coaches that are out there. Obviously, there's Nathan Buckley sitting around doing lots of stuff in the media Lyon. at the moment. Ross Lyon, you're right. So this this um, contingent Clarkson, Clarkson well, of course. So yeah. You would think that with the, a few coaches also under the pressure at the moment, there are, there's a few that are just off the back of it at the moment that could be very, very valuable. Plus, you've got the system underneath. So, do you, you know, can you look internal to, and, and yeah. promote? But it comes to within. money as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, can yeah. you afford to have them? Yeah, you know I mean, for what they're going to be asking. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And you look at Port Adelaide's coaching out over the off season. You had Jared Schofield, who was a very, very successful yep. coach in the Waffle for Subiaco here in, uh, in Perth, um, he's got come back to the West to be an assistant coach at West Coast. And obviously, uh, Michael Voss has gone to take on the head coaching role at Carlton. So there's two yeah. coaching outs. Is that, Whether that's your answer to why Port Adelaide aren't succeeding like they were in the last couple of years or whether it's just yeah. a complete change in their yeah. system this year. Yeah, yeah, um, true. All right, I'll let um, I'll give other callers an opportunity to um, have their say. We appreciate, Thanks for that, guys. Appreciate you, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Michael calling through one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Great point, both Michael and yourself raised there. When you look at the coaching, obviously Hinkley, lots of questions hanging over his head. Yeah. But the effect of losing those two very qualified assistants. Yeah. Is that showing up where his player relationships are or aren't? Uh, well, the assistant coaches are massive, as we've learned. Like a lot of the West Coast players have said, the reason why they won the 2018 Premiership was because of Sam Mitchell, and Sam Mitchell departed. Was it the end of 2018 or 2019 um, to go back over to Hawthorne? And they West Coast haven't been the side they were in 2018. So, whether assistant coaches obviously play a massive part, and you look at Voss, his experience previously before taking up that assistant role at Carlton, uh, sorry, not Carlton, at Port Adelaide. Mm. Uh, he was obviously the head coach at Brisbane for a couple of years and a very experienced player himself. And then Jared Schofield, he was an absolute dominant coach here in Perth. Uh, was for Subiaco and the Waffle. He, I can't tell you how many flags, but I'm going to say four flags, I reckon, he won uh, there at the Lions um, in a very dominant era for that football club. And, He's now come back to West Coast or back over to the West and now Port Adelaide obviously gone to shambles. So our assistant coaches are, are massive. They're crucial. They are definitely crucial. Hey, Bray, while we've got you and you can stick your umpiring thoughts on uh, on the text line earlier, no surprise about Cochin getting a fine. That was from Daryl from Ballarat, but his end point is a kick is a kick. Did you see him lash out there against Tex Walker? Haven't seen it. No, okay. I didn't see a hell of a lot uh, from yesterday's games, but yeah, it's... 
Who knows? A lot of fines come from, well, well, in particular Richmond. There was a lot of talk a couple of years ago about, obviously, oh, yeah, they're Richmond, they get off no matter what. Uh, there's a lot of talk about that, but I'll have a look at the vision and I can come back and yeah. get, lay my we'll eyes on it. Yeah. yeah, look, there wasn't a huge amount to it, but it was a lash out. It was a kick. So well, I would be interested to see from your perspective how you would see that. We can break that down, of course, in just a moment. And uh, when we come back, we'll be chatting with Darren, who's on the line, and uh, have a bit of a chat here on Sunday night. Keep those calls coming through, one 736 736 And the texts, 0433 There's a bunch of them on there, and we'll get time to start running through those as well. Thanks for your input here on Sunday nights. Back in a moment. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app, you're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Thanks for your company here on Sunday Nights. I'm joined with by Bray Loveridge here on Sunday nights for this back half of the first hour. And Bray, right before the break, I was asking you about Trent Cotchin. Uh, Daryl from Ballarat had texted in uh, saying, you know, kick's a kick. And look, the incident was assessed as intentional conduct, low impact body contact. And in summary, he was able to accept a $2,000 sanction with the early plea. You've had, you've cast your eye over it. What was your thoughts just quickly? Yeah, well, I definitely agree with how they graded it. Um, if you look at the grading chart um, that the tribunal use, contact obviously was intentional, uh, you could say. Uh, well, I viewed it as yeah, intentional. But it, was so, low, it was definitely low impact. Um, yeah, impact. If I, I've, I'm, I'm seeing it as intentional. Impact for that it was, it was low. There was nothing really much in it. Mm. And the contact was to the body. So looking at the chart that I have in front of me, have in front of me, goes to a fine. Goes to a fine. Which is what they've done. So, But okay. if, it, if it's care... If, yeah, you if you view it as careless, uh, low and body, then it's still a fine anyway. Still a so, fine. or even if you got, um, grade it as medium contact and careless, it's still a fine. Still it just depends fine. if uh, okay. it's intentional. So, I view it as well. It was definitely a kick. Yes. But yeah, fine oh. is what it should be. Fine is what it should be. Thanks for that, Bray. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. The open line. And Darren is ready to chat with us here. You've got Jen and Bray. Darren, how are you going? Good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Uh, I believe you wanted to talk about Peter Wright. Yeah, I just wanted to know your thoughts tonight on what you thought his game was. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just looking through uh, the, the the thing for me. I was like, oh, I'll just check up on his stats while I'm waiting to <laughs> to talk to Darren. And he was pretty low down. What are you thinking? Yeah, just thought his uh, effort tonight just uh, wasn't there. Like, mm. you know, just, uh, he seemed to compete a bit too hard for him. Just uh, seemed to niggle him the whole game and I don't know, it just didn't seem to be switched on today. A bit like the whole Essendon team, I think. So It was, yeah, so he got seven disposals for his, his night, not really, you know, finding the ball there, a couple of tackles. Yeah, the one behind, so not getting on the on the scoreboard, which he needs to do. Where do you see him for, for the, the week, this, this week coming? Does he hold his spot? Is it just a, can you put it down to an off game? Because, well, there was quite a few that had that off game. Where, where are you sitting with it, Darren? I know, it was definitely an off game for him. Yeah. I expect him to get the G um, against Collingwood. I mean, you'd think he'd probably maybe five, I reckon, against Collingwood. You reckon he'll get up kick five? How good would that be for a turnaround? Yeah. He kicked, what, how many did he kick last year? Maybe three, I think it was. So, he'll go okay. Okay. Well, he's averaging 2.4 goals uh, at the moment in, this, in season 2022. 
you'd think that well, obviously tonight very very quiet only the seven disposals for the one behind he's averaging 10 disposals which isn't hugely different uh different to what he I guess got tonight with the seven but pretty not the best and where, where do you think the bombers are going like I mean are they, are they just going to be a team that disappoints this year you think or it, look, it, disappointing from where I thought they were sitting um, with all the preseason talk and that sort of stuff. I think so far it's looking a struggle, um, sitting at you know the one win from the the five rounds. On the ladder. Yeah, pretty pretty tough going, Darren. Listen, we've got to clear the top hour break. Uh, would you like to hold on and come back with us in the next hour and chat some more, or do you want to leave it open to have some discussion to the rest of the listeners about Peter Wright? I'll leave it open and see what the others think about Peter Wright. Awesome. Thank you so much for calling through. Really appreciate you getting the conversation started. Have a great night. You too. It's Darren on 1300 736 736. Plenty of time for your calls in our next hour here on Sunday night. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Into a second hour here on Sunday nights across SEN, looking at all the AFL games across round five so far. Jen Wallace and Bray Loveridge currently with me across the table. And Bray, just before the end of the first hour, Darren had called in with question mark on Peter Wright and his impact throughout that game today for Essendon. He was he was down on on his usual, wasn't he? Yeah, 100%. He's all over that, Darren. Um, Peter Wright, yeah, it was very, very, very quiet. Uh, what was he? He kicked 29 goals, was it, last year? Yeah, tw- 29 um, out of the 21 games. So he's yeah. averaging last season 1.4 for a yeah. game. He's averaging um, 2.4 at the 2.4, moment. 2.4. Just, he just was well down today. And Billy yeah. is, is following up with Darren here. Please, Jen, Peter Wright was woeful and surely cannot play next week. Honestly, for a guy of his size and weight, he should be performing better than that. The problem is with him is he's too hot and cold and not consistent enough. It seems to be a really big word in regards to Essendon and their performances at the moment, that consistency is lacking. Yeah, indeed. They're going to, well, I don't know. Can you, can you drop Peter Wright? It's, he may, it probably was just an off game. Like he, you're coming back next week, Anzac Day at Collingwood, uh, not yep. at Collingwood, at the MCG. Um, bigger crowd, bigger, maybe the. One more run the, at big, it. The bigger, the bigger the stage, the. Better the player, who knows? Well, he wasn't He wasn't a lone soldier in probably lacking in impact for Essendon. Let's yeah, have, a, let's have a listen here to Ben Rutten's press conference. So it was, um, I guess, a pretty good first half, but it just went south quite quickly after that. What do you sort of put all that down to? Yeah, look, it did. I thought our, um, we, yeah, we come in at, at halftime and um, felt like we were well and truly in the game. Um, probably could have... Didn't quite cash in on some opportunities that I thought we created pretty well, um, you know. And for our in that second quarter in particular, we were able to just keep in the game on the scoreboard. You know, some uh, you know, some free kicks in our D50 in our defensive half that we need to get better at. You know, um, almost gifting them goals. Um, and then after half time, yeah, well, kind of about seven or eight minute mark of the third quarter there, uh, Freo, yeah, stepped up. Their pressure, their contest work in particular. Um, yeah, it was a bit disappointing that we weren't able to step up and, and kind of get in the arm wrestle that 
that was required at that time. It almost looked like, I mean, Fremantle, from the, from the eye test, it looked like they were almost a lot fitter than you guys. They just ran you guys off your feet almost in that third quarter, and you guys just were quite stagnant when you saw did you see that way as well? Yeah, it looked a bit that way. Um, you know, I think it, it probably starts in and around the contest. You know, I think they started to dominate around clearances in particular. Contest, and once you're getting your hands on the ball and moving it cleanly, you know, receivers can get out into space and look fast. Um, we look react. We were reacting a bit on the back foot, and then, you know, it tends to look that way when when teams are kind of having periods where they're dominating around the ball in the contest, you know, it's yeah, really difficult to react to that. We needed to step up and, and match them in around the ball and, and yeah, be up for the fight and, that, and up for the arm wrestle that was required. And, yeah, we weren't, um, which was, yeah, that was, a, that was a disappointing part of that, you know, third quarter, start of the last, really. So disappointment for the coach there for Essendon and, and for those players all the same. Bray, the one thing I guess that the supporters can take note of uh, as being reported across the different news outlets, of course, is the fact that they had the same results at this stage last year. Mm. And they did manage to turn their form around and go through to make the finals. Uh, but a slow start nonetheless for Essendon and the preseason talk hasn't seemed to come off, come up in that. Yeah, yeah another – yeah, you could yeah, – just not firing, obviously. And I reckon their engine room is potentially lacking. Like, Darcy Parrish, I know he had 33, but the form he was in probably, I'm going to say, was it round 10 or around round 10 last year? He was he was dominating. Um, he's getting, like, nearly 40 disposals each week. Um, Dyson Heppel was their leading possession getter today. He isn't known for, I guess, or in the modern-day footy with these young guns coming through Essendon's engine room. Dyson Hebble doesn't usually get most disposals. Like Andrew McGrath, only mm. 23 for him. Uh, Dylan Shill, 19. Like you would have thought those boys would be lifting particularly highly. Nick Martin, who was signed what, a week before the season, was their leading goal kicker with two. So um, obviously Wardman had two as well, who was a, another late signing the year before. So yeah. they're just not really firing. It's the youth. The real that are, I guess, and the youth and Dyson Heffler, I would say, that are stepping up. That are up coming through, coming yeah. through. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number to call through and have your say. We're joined now by Richard. G'day, Richard. Hey, Jen. How you going? Good, thanks. You're on with myself and Bray. Happy Easter to both of you. Thanks first to of you. All. Thanks to you, yes. Did you, did, you have, did you have a good one? I did. I got to spend a little bit of time with family, uh, Probably had a little bit too much chocolate, although I've probably had more in previous <laughs> years. So I think I've, I've maintained, uh, controlled my addiction a little bit. What about yourself? Oh, I haven't actually overindulged uh, this well year. Done. Uh, I've restricted myself from it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've had two. I think I've had two small eggs since uh, Thursday. That's it. Excellent work from you. Excellent work from you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. What about but, you, uh, Ray? How many how many chocolate Easter eggs have you had? Too many. Too many, all right. I, mean, I just about nearly had <laughs> chocolate for breakfast this morning. You've, over, you've overindulged, was, all right. Yeah, we were, we were uh, smashing down the eggs this morning, and I was like, oh, what are we having for, for breakfast to my girlfriend? And she's like, oh, well, this is breakfast, all the eggs. <laughs> and then had to quickly buy some McDonald's on the way uh, on the way to the netball Oh, this you're morning. flying. Champ- so, championship diet here. Yeah. Richard, get us back on track here. Yeah, what do you want please. to speak about here on Sunday nights? Yeah, so actually, I actually went down to Icon Park today, which was – quite bizarre to see the development of that ground. It's under major construction. 
I didn't actually realise that. Uh, so but it was a good day down there to watch, uh, obviously, Richmond. Kane Lambert actually was looking really good. Ivan, Ivan Soldo was looking really good. And obviously, uh, we got up and had a win, so that made the day even better. It was a little bit windy out there, but uh, other than that, it was a good day. So what's the redevelopment actually happening with Icon Park? Are they, are they potentially well, looking at it, it looks to like be a they're, better ground? It looks like they're doing uh, stands. They're building more oh. stands and redeveloping uh, a larger area of more seating. Right. So what do you reckon? A third Melbourne uh, AFL venue potentially? Well, AFLW, I know. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Spot on, spot on. Yeah, AFLW. That's what I think they're directing it more at. Uh, It looks good. It looks good in the early development stages. So we'll see what it's like when it's finished. I think they're saying uh, 18 months or something like that, depending on COVID and construction and what goes on. Uh, So with, with the VFL action, do you tend to get down to VFL most weekends, Richard? I try to as much as I can, but sometimes work. Uh, restricts me from that, so I was lucky to get today off. So I was actually meant to work today, and I skipped that. Which <laughs> I skipped. Hopefully, the boss two and a half times rate time pay today. Oh, to go and to go, yeah. You are so dedicated. That doesn't matter. I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice the dollar for a bit of happiness. Yeah. Oh, that's that. That's that uh, work-life balance we're all trying to crave. So well done on making a, a choice to to put the life balance in front. Do you tend to go to more VFL than AFL? Oh, well, look, not really, to be honest with you. Previously to our original lockdowns, as we're talking nearly, what, two and a half years now, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When we could all go, you know, I used to go as much as I could. And yeah, um, so I'd, I'd, I'd mix it out as much as I could. But obviously, yeah, when you're not uh, driving and you're relying on public transport, which is what I do. Uh, it's a bit hard to get around to some of those venues, particularly the country areas and all that sort of stuff, just to watch a, a VFL game. So when they're in the metropolitan area, yeah, I can get there. That's not an issue. Yeah, no we can't get to the country ones and the interstate ones. Yeah, State league is absolutely rocking at the moment, I would say. The state league footy, the VFL, lots of close contests. The waffle had heaps of close con- uh, contests. Only the one game that real wasn't a belter in the waffle and the sandful. Plenty of close games as well. Just probably one game as well that wasn't a belter. So State League footy absolutely flying. The VFL and Waffle are all on the AFL app, which is a massive boost to engage the audience. Uh, and yep. it's all branching out. I reckon they're doing very well, all State Leagues, uh, with their branching out into different uh, audiences. So great to see the State League's footy still flying. It is, mate. It is. It's fantastic. It's like um, it's like the country's being given a new birth of life. Yeah. <laughs> in that aspect, so to speak. <laughs> what did you make Everything of the from... of the crowds, Richards, across this weekend? Do you think it was because it's the long weekend that you know, I think across oh, yeah. Saturday there most, was most, most people took off um, on the you chance. know late Thursday night, mm-hmm. you know, to get to where they wanted to be that they couldn't be. I think we lost at least you know thirty five to forty percent of the normal people that would go to the games that just decided to take off. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully, yeah, that, hopefully they bounce back next weekend because they haven't been the biggest numbers that we're used to seeing across in Melbourne supporter bases heading out to the, the G and Marvel Stadium. I think what was it, thirty three thousand in today's yeah. Uh, yeah. game. But um, you know, yesterday it was twenty 
well, I think it was 21 and 19 or something like that. So 19,000, so a little bit lower across uh, Easter Saturday as well. But, yeah, Richard, look, well, thanks yeah. thanks for giving us a call up and an update Thank on you. Icon Thank Park you. And, and the VFL. We appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Great to speak with Richard there uh, across on Sunday nights here with Jen and Bray. Time for another quick call. Let's jump through with Noah. Noah from Queen's Rocks, welcome. How's it going? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Just talking about the um, or the Fife and Pendlebury thing. Yeah, because the idea of yeah. could, could Fife play the same yeah. sort of role as Pendlebury's gone to this year? Yeah, I reckon he should play for half forward flank. Sort of similar role to what he started his career at. Yeah, can 100% agree there uh, with that, Noah. Uh, Fife definitely had a very impactful player down in the forward line for Fremantle. Obviously, there was a couple of games early on in his career that just, yeah, kicking bags and bags. And obviously, obviously, obviously transitioned to the midfield to become a big bodied midfielder and is absolutely dominating. That's where he won his two Brownlows. But it's the trend. The older guns, I guess you could say, the aging guns, they're all going forward and dominating. Like Patrick Dangerfield is a good example. Mm-hmm. Goes down, dominates, kicks yeah. handy goals. Yeah, 100%. And if, because we always, when we go forward, we always have that sort of kick, which is going to Schultz or Walters or Collier in the air or even Banfield. And how often do you see them take a contested mark? Not very often. But if, if that's going to five, I reckon that could set us up a bit better, to be honest. But, yeah, he is a fantastic yeah. contested mark. I think the question mark that has probably been across when he's been up the forward line has been on his ability to to finish the job, yeah. hasn't it, and, and get it through the big sticks. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you're oh, right. In recent times, plays, I should say. Bit, yeah, yeah, if he plays a bit higher, because when he played forward, he's either been, like, um, full forward or he's in the gut. So if he sort of plays that roaming role... Um, I reckon that could get his confidence up a bit more if he just stays there for the entire game rather than floating from the centre to the forward line. Um, but, yeah, that's what I reckon. Oh, that's great. No, we appreciate you calling through and following up on that topic exactly. Noah, thanks for your time tonight. No, thanks for having me. That's Noah calling through on 1300 736 736. He's got his vote on Fifey spending time up forward as opposed yeah. to coming back into the midfield. Fife himself, he seems to want to be... Lock in for midfield, really desperate yeah. to get back to his Brownlow best. Well, they've lost. They've obviously lost Chera, so there's obviously that spot there that they are. I guess you could say O'Driscoll. You could say they're potentially mm-hmm. trialing him in that role. Uh, but Fifer, you would think, would come straight back in and then roll down forward, like I guess a Patrick Dangerfield would do. So I can see him definitely playing probably fifty-fifty with that with those two positions when he comes back in. It's a discussion that I think a lot of people will be like, yeah. you're bonkers having this conversation about where does Nat Five fit back in? Especially the Fremantle, Fremantle fans. Yeah. The Fremantle fans are very passionate but, about that uh, conversation. But that puzzle piece is so important because they're playing good footy right now yeah. and then you just got to think, bring back in something. Who are you going like to take five. out? Who does come him? out? That's yeah. right. But he has to come back in. It's Nat you Five. He's <laughs> the captain. You'd have to bring him in. Time for your calls and your texts on Sunday nights here on SEN in just a minute. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736.
coming up to the midway point of the the show tonight, and uh, on Sunday nights here, Paul Heath, Heath has jumped back in. Heater, uh, you've made way, Bray's made way, welcoming yeah. you back in after a little time on the pine. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I had a, had a thought about my uh, first quarter intent and the actions there, so I feel like I've got a big second half uh, in me, you know, coming up. Yep. Uh, look, obviously, <laughs> a, a, a fair bit of Fremantle chat, uh, a bit of traction when we've been talking about Fife and. Mm. You know, the fact that Fremantle are travelling pretty well. This from Big Fella, I guarantee you Fife will play predominantly midfield 80% once he returns. And obviously we have heard Fife say that's where he wants to play in that midfield position. Mm. Totally agree there. Some other uh, conversations, you know, I guess, do we know when Fife will actually be back, Peter? Well, we got the five or six weeks two weeks ago. So mm. by that math, we're looking at three or four weeks. But I don't think there is a specific date uh, as yet picked out for Nat Fyre's return because we have seen that he's gone through that infection in the shoulder that was only found by accident, really. Mm -hmm. They were like, something's not going right here. And then in the build-up to getting him ready for the season, pushed him probably just that little bit too far and he's had to go back into it. But it was a weird reveal on the project of all places that he said where he was going to be out. I think we can sort of point the finger at WA Tourism for that. Uh, if we are looking to blame anyone for any of that. But uh, we're still waiting to see the exact date of uh, when Nat Fife will return. But we're thinking it's about a month away okay. at this point. So the the conversation is, is with Frio playing as well as they are, where does he slot back in? Noah had just called through mm. with, with his opinion of maybe like yeah the, the half mm. forward yep. position. I'm all for that, 100%. Yeah. And the other element of him going back into the midfield is he will then draw the number one opposing if they do have a defensive sort of minded midfielder and then he protects the other guys that are already performing so well when they're taking those guys on. So him being back in the midfield does act that add that element to it as well, where he will bring in um, that extra attention, but then let a couple other guys off the chain. And so Billy's asked as well. Yeah, obviously about when Fife will be back and we think at the moment, potentially a month, mm. Uh, they seem to be covering his absence well and will only get better when he returns. Agree, Billy. Just quickly, with the form Freo are showing, would you rush him back or do you be, you know, or be extra careful and give mm. him as much time as possible? Um, being being cynical, Billy, I don't think we'll get an answer about that either way because we'll expect him to be ready to go, um, and they will have to tick him off to, at a hundred percent. I don't think there will be a build up into form. I think it will be just. Here he is. He's ready to go, and drop him in, and away they go. Not okay. Like that, there's we wouldn't say there's going to be time in the waffle for Nat Five before returning to the AFL, would you? So, yeah, it's going to be when he's ready to go. It'll be straight, straight back, back in. in. Yeah, maybe managed minutes, yep. but at AFL managed minutes as opposed mm. to at waffle level. Well, to round out the conversation in regards to this match between Fremantle <laughs> and Essendon, we heard earlier from. Uh, ben Ratton to do with their press conference. Let's now hear from Justin Longwheel's presser. Justin, that third quarter especially, I guess that probably would put the biggest smile on your face after I'm assuming. Well, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was a really mature performance. Um, it was a bit of an arm wrestle in the first half. Clearly, we weren't getting the game on our terms. And, um, yeah, although they missed a couple they would like to kick, um, yeah, to go in the lead at half-time with, you know, probably a handful of players having pretty average days... I thought um, our ability to turn that around and get a more even performance in the second half, get the game on our terms, especially in that third quarter, yeah, it was it was very pleasing. The performance of Matthew Tapner, career best seven goals, uh, really stood up today. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. I thought um, our, our ability to 
um, use the ball up the ground and give our forwards better looks, especially in that in that second half. Um, yeah, it was really really pleasing. Um, our connection became a lot better as the game went on. Yeah, and Tabs was on the end of it. I, um, really really proud of him because he, I don't think we've got anyone that works harder on their game. He's always doing extras, sometimes to his own detriment. Um, and always working on his goal kicking and for him to kick so accurate today is, um, was really needed. And um, yeah, great reward for the effort he's put in. Did you sort of feel like he was building towards a performance like this or is it sort of hard to tell? Uh, well, he's, he missed the early part of the year because of injury. And then um, his first game back against the Eagles was solid. And then, yeah, by his own higher standards, I think he, w he would have felt pretty disappointed with his game last week. So um, yeah, reviewed it hard and um, thought he yeah, first of all, competed really well. Then, then um, yeah, got the got the rewards, with, yeah, with his work from his work rate, and yeah, yeah, like like I said before, he's just put in a lot of work over a lot of years, and it's good to see those sort of players get rewarded. Looked like the game changed at half time or in the third quarter. You sort of got your handball game going. Is that more sort of the style you want to see? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to use the numbers. Uh, I thought our pressure lifted. I thought our um, pressure in the first half was. We created some opportunities in front of goal um, through our pressure, just getting a fingernail in here and there. Um, but I didn't think it was as good as it was last week all over the ground. And um, when you pressure well, it leads to opportunities on the turnover. So we made the most of those opportunities with our hands and a bit, bit better connection for the centre. And I thought Essendon did a great job in the first half of um, working really hard back to clog up our forward line. And we matched that a little bit more in the second half and got even numbered looks in our front half and yeah, cashed in a bit in that third quarter. Cashed in a bit in that third quarter, I think might be slightly underselling it, <laughs> <laughs> um, Heater, but a, a big result for Fremantle and obviously a big talking point, uh, Tabena kicking a big bag of seven. Yeah, uh, king of the understatement right there from uh, Justin Longmuir. Um, yeah, as I said earlier, third quarter has been a problem for the Fremantle Dockers uh, earlier this season. So to see them do that, uh, we've seen a couple of fourth quarter um Kickaways, uh, where they have had you know, kicked six straight against GWS last week, but they did it in the third quarter today. So no fade outs, um, even in the ten goal, almost ten goal win in the Derby, they still faded out in that third quarter. Came back, so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pleasing all around. You would have to say. And as you've said a couple of times, you've already booked your bus. Oh, I'm on the way. <laughs> uh, look to change uh, direction and yes. hopefully not put too much of a, a handbrake on the direction in the chat, but. Uh, coming through on the text line, a couple of people have also mentioned this. So let's have a chat about Tom Rockliffe and mm. what he was uh, putting up through Twitter. Not a pretty, no. pretty, pretty unsavory element to going to a live footy game. So Tom Rockliffe, this is his tweet. Well done to Carlton. Great game of footy. But what a way to be let down. Carlton supporters spitting at me when I am walking home with my son is not on. Passion is great, but let's remember it's sport. Yeah, it's uh, not something you want to hear. Um, you know, from from anyone. No, uh, let alone some, I know he's got a profile as yep. a, a past player, but you know that's an experience anyone's getting at at, yep. at the footy. It's it's pretty unsavoury, isn't it? He he retweet like quote tweeted his own. And he said, "I admit I was cheering harder than anyone at the G and pushed it, but there is a difference between cheering and being spat on." <laughs> and uh, yeah. Fox Footy, I think, and uh, Ben Waterworth have uh, done an article on it, and uh, he's quote tweeted that as well and said, "This is not a Carlton story. This is a footy story. If you go to the footy, support hard, but leave it there. Um, go for your team, but don't attack an opponent. I will be back, but let's be great supporters." Mm. Which is one of those things, isn't it? That just hope for and. 
when you go to the footy, it should be a safe space. There shouldn't be any of this sort of stuff going on. You hear the stories from back in the days where the grounds were a lot more um, parochial or, you know, suburban in a way that there was that element of um, parts of different states hating each other. So it wasn't safe necessarily for other teams to go to the grounds back then. But we've moved a long way down the ways in society. And for this to be going on and, you know, I just hope he's, he's – uh, kid is okay as well because it would have been you can tell that he's reeling to try and make sense of it and he's been through a lot of life and can only imagine the kid involved and everything mm. like that so yeah I just hope that they're going okay but at the same time it's a bit of a reflection of uh what we do do at the football and um you know just taking on board a little bit yeah I think that's a one, one thing for me is you I, I see or I read about some of the stadiums around the world where mm. The, the fans have to be really separated and security is high. Yeah. There's different buses to get into the ground. There's different trains. There's all these sorts of things in, involved to keep entities away from each other. Yep. I would hate to see Australian sport go to that level. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this is an immediate, uh, you know, no. step into that direction, but I guess touching on your point of mm. being parochial and cheering, cheering hard and all that sort of stuff, I just never want Australia to go that far that we can't have you and I as opposition supporters yeah. watching a game and enjoying it for what is out there. That's one of the fun parts of uh, most sport, and especially AFL football. It's one of the things that's always attracted me to living in Melbourne is that there is so many games of football on every week that you would go and be an opposition supporter so, many, mm-hmm. so much of the time that you would get a sense of being at someone else's ground when that's going on because – you know, just over the years when I have gone to Melbourne for a holiday, would always make sure I go to the football. Have seen mostly my team get <laughs> towed up, but I've seen a couple of great wins um, and have always enjoyed the nights that I've had there to not have any of these sorts of experiences. So for the thought of people not being able to go and enjoy themselves at the football when it is something that we all enjoy is, yeah, it's a little bit a little bit saddening on a, on a Sunday night. And another thing you see that I don't know whether this is unique to Australian sport, I've only gotten to go to... A, a, a couple of things overseas, sporting-wise, mm. and it definitely didn't – I didn't notice it in, in the sport. I, I went and saw a Yankees game and everyone was in Yankees gear, you yeah. know, or the opposition. There was – that was that was it. There was yeah. two. But in Australia, you can go to the MCG, yeah. say it's in finals time. If someone from West Coast bought a, a ticket, assuming that would be the game West Coast would be in, they'll still go to that game yeah, and they'll sure. wear their West Coast gear. <laughs> Big time, yep. And you see that in Australia. So we see it across NRL <laughs> as well. You know, you'll go to a game if it does come across to Perth. Yep. And because it's in Perth, it might not actually be your team. You'll see 10 different mm. supporter jumpers roaming around just being like, I support it. I love NRL. This is my team, by the way. Yeah. I'm coming to this game, but my team's South Sydney if they're not playing, for example. We don't get much We don't get that much here, you know, yeah. so we don't just go <laughs> along and enjoy it. Uh, I was at the Fremont GWS game last week, and I saw a couple wearing an Eagles and a Carlton jumper together. I thought that was a great mix, you know, like, but they'd both won that weekend. So, you know, fair dogs to them, but yeah, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe some other people who've been to some international venues. I wondered if that happens, but it seems to be part of it in Australia. We do actually Mm. don't mind if, if people come through now, uh, last week, yes, one of our favorite moments was when we heard from Tony with his round four observations. It was at the time. So. In good news. He's back. Due to popular demand. Yes. Here are Tones' Sunday night's AFL round five observations. All right, There's I'm ready. six of them. Okay, so, I'm ready. so lock in. <laughs> Number one, Frio Dockers well and truly drop anchor on the Bombers. Oh, he is on to a good point. Strong start, Tony. Very strong start. Two, the D's turned the Giants into midgets who were last season hitchhiking back to Sydney. <laughs> wow, hey, he's, uh, he's gone whack. It's two for <laughs> two and oh from Tony. 
Number three, lions scatter the pies, feathers all over the Gabba. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good game. Close. But yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Number four, Ruse bounced out of Marvel by those nasty dogs. Mm, yeah, they walked That's into true. a, yeah. Took a, a pencil to a pen fight there, I think. Something like that. Uh, number five, the Waffle Eagles continue their sunsetting season. The Swans paint Perth red and white. Yes, uh, Swans, very, very good. Uh, probably one of my moments of the weekend was Logan McDonald smoking that goal from outside 50. And you just it felt like a, a, a release from him back into the team. He played so well in front of his... Uh, you know, he's back in WA, um, back into the side, kicks two goals, but that one where he's just got it over the shoulder, just run onto the right foot, 55 out, and just blazed it. Oh, that was, yeah, one of my moments of the weekend. So love that win on uh, on Friday night from the Swans. Uh, and rounding it out, number six, the Saints eclipse the suns and all light turns to darkness. <laughs> it's poetic. He's got away with words. Oh, my God. Love it, Tony. These are the key takeouts from round five. Thanks, Tones. Yeah, I look forward to uh, next week's one. I don't think he missed out of those six. No. Six and oh. Quality. Yep. Just Head- like, headline uh, machine. Just like Perth Glory last night. Oh, and six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Let's not go there. Uh, time for your calls and your texts after this. It's 1300 736 736 and 04 double three. 98 11 16 is the text line. Get involved here on Sunday nights with Jen and Paul. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Welcome back to Sunday Nights on SEN. You've got Paul Heater Heath here with you. Uh, Jen Wallace is also joining me in the studio. If you'd like to get involved across tonight's program, we're talking AFL and also anything else that's been uh, coming across your plate over the weekend. 0433 98 11 16 is the text number or 1300 736 736. If you want to pick up the dog and bone and give us a shout, we'd uh, love to hear from you. But don't forget, tonight, live on S- on the SEN app, it's the Scottish Cup semi-final. Rangers taking on Celtic. So you can show your support for Celtic online at celticfc.com forward slash store. The Glasgow Derby Sunday on SCN at 11pm tonight Eastern. So about an hour and 20 away. Once this show finishes, as a matter of fact, you'll be headed over to Glasgow to check it out. Find out who will go through to face Hearts in the final after they defeated Hibernian 2-1 last night. And keeping on the uh, semi-final tip as far as football goes, the FA Cup uh, semi-finals have been ongoing. Liverpool down Man City 3-2 to move through to the final. And they'll find out their opponent following tonight's Chelsea v Crystal Palace semi-final. I'd like to put up a good uh, argument for Crystal Palace, but Chelsea, you feel like they might be uh, getting it done there tonight. Uh, a couple other results uh, across the day as well. In the Major League Baseball, the winners uh, in the Major League today included the Diamondbacks, the White Sox, the Athletics. They did it by Moneyball, Braves, Royals, Red Sox, Giants, uh, the... <laughs> The Phillies I've got here. I think I've uh, maybe <laughs> changed uh, that from uh, the Phillies. 
to maybe Josh Philippi. Uh, so that's the Phillies, that one there. Pirates, Yankees, Argen- uh, Angels, Cardinals, Rockies, Astros, and Dodgers, all emerging victorious. And the divisional leaders at this very early point of the season are the Yankees, White Sox, Astros, Mets, come and see the Mets, the Cardinals, and Giants. So, yeah, lots of action going on in the Major League Baseball. And, of course, if you missed any of the EPL action last night, Man United can thank Ronaldo basically, for their 3-2 win over Norwich City and Southampton with a huge win. Some saying win of the season, perhaps, of the past few seasons with a 1-0 win over Arsenal. And, Jen, I'm not sure if you know, I'm a bit of a Southampton fan, so that's why I'm bigging up the uh, win over Arsenal last night. I did not know you were a Southampton mm. fan. Doesn't well. come around too often, but 1-0 uh, over Arsenal, we'll take it. <laughs> You, well, you have to celebrate even the small wins. That's it. Even the small wins. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so the text line has been pretty busy across oh. the show tonight, 0433 98 11 16. I think we should probably yes. work our way through some of these at the moment, starting at the most recent, which is right there in front of us at the moment, <laughs> from Michael. Imagine if the Lions didn't have Lockie Neal in their side. I think he's uh, got the spoon out. And he's just giving it a stir. bit of a stir here tonight because uh, how good was Lockie Neal? I mean, he's 200th game, though. Best on. Um, Brownlow medalist. Like, what else can you say about the guy as far as like being there and having done it in football? So, yeah, it. I mean, you can imagine the Lions without him. Sure, they'd uh, come back a couple of uh, notches there, but they still have a deep midfield. So, as much as Michael's going the stir, uh, I think the Lions will be okay. Yeah. One more before we, we pass through and get back, back to some callers and get back to the talk pack section of this Sunday night show. This one here. Hey, Jen and Heater. Funny thing happened on Saturday. Having a beer in Brighton Beach Hotel, listening to the Saints and Suns game on SEN, along with lots of Saints supporters watching on the big screens. A big bus stops outside front and out get a team of Suns players and support staff. <laughs> All in the pub are wondering, what's going on? <laughs> They come in in an orderly manner. They all sit down in front of one of the big screens and they've watched the games. Turns out they were the reserves team and had played Sandringham and couldn't get into the game. Oh, that's, felt, a, that's a bit rough. This is from Ken from Brighton. Great story. He said, I felt sorry for them in the end having to watch with no beers. Yeah. So uh, they went down to Sandringham by eight points on Saturday. So after that, yeah, they've uh, headed off uh, to try and uh, check out their own team in the AFL, uh, which you know, they... They ran St Kilda close, but the Saints were too good all day, weren't they? So, yeah, but uh, that's a fantastic story. Love seeing those, like, you know, spotted sort of yarns yeah. around the place. Yeah, that's really cool. And then you have wondering, hang on, what is this? Yeah. It's the Rezies. <laughs> uh, always good. On the open line now, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 We were on our way. We were on our way to the open line and unfortunately just dropped off that caller. Please give us a buzz back so we can throw you online as soon as we do see from you again. So, yes, that number, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Let's continue then through some of these text lines. We've had uh, some chat, obviously, about Tom Rockcliffe, pretty nasty, I suppose, experience with the, with the footy. And mm. so some others came back through in regards to, you know, old stories of in the sample, they used to have family-friendly fen- areas mm. where you could take your kids. So you still have... Um non-drinking areas at, at the, yeah. most grounds these days, don't you? So that, that sort of, those sorts of um, areas as well. I don't know how closely they are monitored though, um, but I definitely do see those tickets still available um, around finals time and that. So yeah, I guess they'd be similar sort of areas. Mm. And amazed at the language that comes out of the mouths of some people at AFL games now. 
There is some pretty yeah. disgraceful language that does get held around just because you're at a sporting venue. It really is. And um, I think I was relaying about uh, my friend the other week and uh, some of the words he had to say about Brad Hill uh, when the Saints were over here taking on Fremantle. Brad Hill's been gone for a couple of years, so like it's time to move on. Uh, it just came to mind because I think we had a text earlier about what sort of reception will Adam Chera get coming to back to uh, WA. Uh, back to take on Fremantle next weekend with Carlton. Uh, I saw Matt DeBoer get booed uh, for the Giants last week. Now, he was a man who was basically shown the door. Uh, didn't, yeah, didn't try no to choice. leave. No. Yeah. And uh, was a fantastic clubman at every point. So I think anyone that comes back to the Fremantle Docks is, is probably going to get booed. <laughs> so right. once they play there. And Regardless it's not a large of- element, but it's it's definitely there. <laughs> and it's definitely active. Let's clear this last break here on uh, this second hour of the Sunday nights here with Jen and Hedo. And when we come back, I can see Sam is on the line and another person very keen to talk about Frio's chances with you, Hedo. So let's get to him in just a moment. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app, you're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Welcome back to Sunday Nights. Jen Wallace and Paul Heater Heath with you uh, across this second hour. We're almost finished, but it's time to get through to Sam, who's been waiting patiently on the phone line. Sam, I believe you want to talk a bit of Frio. Yeah, I do. How are you guys going? We're great. Thanks Good, for Sam. calling through. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm thinking that Freya could maybe finish top four this year. Well, I think I think they've got um with five coming back and no one else really stepping up. I think that Freya is going to be finishing in the top four. No one else really stepping up. So is that other teams? Um, not... Yeah, the other teams. Yeah, I think there's only a few good teams in it. This, like Melbourne, Geelong, and Brisbane are going well, but apart from that, everyone's sort of failing. So I think Freo can take that other slot. I won a lot of games at home this year. Now, Sam, I want to I want to take your call on face value, but I feel like you're gassing me up a little bit here. <laughs> no, I actually do think they can. I reckon they definitely can. I think um like Sean Darcy coming back in, that five coming back in, I think they can really be strong. Like I don't see who else could really make it. No one else. Well I mean I just haven't heard this adulation for the Fremantle Dockers at any point uh, of my life, I think, Jen. So, yeah, I'm just trying to take it on board. He's, he's not sure. Uh, I can see he's sitting there. He, he's got a huge grin on his face because he wants to be like, yeah, Sam, get on board with me. We're all happening. But I think you've been burnt too many times, Peter, oh, so you're hesitant. Yeah. <laughs> you're hesitant. What about yeah. you? I, I just think, like, like they're going to be so hard to beat at home. Like they'll probably have about eight or nine games left there this year, and they'll probably win seven or eight of them. Probably, I'd say. Seven or eight out of eleven. That that gets you most of the way to those uh, twelve wins that we always hear that you need. And uh, well, another one today. Yeah, on the road. Then, that starts to help. Yeah, it could be good enough, and I don't think you need that many to get in the top four this year. Well, the other thing that came out of today's game, um, Justin Longmuir was commenting on the fact that he thinks the Dockers' fitness is becoming a real weapon. Uh, we saw Adelaide run out their game and a lot of talk about Darren Burgess, of course, and his skill set as their strength and conditioning coach. But, yeah, it's something about the fitness with Frio seems to be hitting the really good areas and they've got some elite runners in their group. Yeah, I think that'll really help. And, yeah, I think also 
just the fact that their team isn't at full strength yet. I think they'll probably be peaking towards the end of the season and that'll really help getting those late wins. And if they can get a final over there, they'll be hard to beat. Uh, I, I thought we already had the call over the day, but Sam might be... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? I thought we already had the caller of the day, but Sam, I think you might have uh, just uh, got yourself into pole position there, my friend. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> just uh, all ticks on the uh, Fremantle Dockers. So uh, thanks for the call, Sam. Really appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Have Sam, a good night. You too. Sam from Dandenong. Yeah, like I say, Jen, I just, uh, I want to believe it, but uh, <laughs> the, the adulation, but uh, it doesn't, you know, often come along uh, for that uh, team from uh, Fremantle. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, you can only take their results on face value at the moment. Uh Someone on the text line before saying that uh, Essendon have played the top four teams, so four of the top teams so far this season, which is very well. And some saying that the Dockers haven't played anyone uh, good yet. So, so goes both ways, doesn't it? It always does. And I think the with the comments, it came through, Adel- as I said, with Adelaide Crows with Darren Burgess and mm. talking about the fitness of the Adelaide Crows. And yep. wasn't something that we had really looked at, but they had the ability to run out the game. Mm. Longmuir also speaking about Fremantle, having some elite runners across their group and that their fitness is in a really good position. If you can stay healthy and stay through the list and avoid health and safety protocols. That's a big one. Because yeah. that is the big one. That's the, the real grey uncertainty area for the entire competition. Mm. And you've seen with West Coast that it's really hit their start of their season and it, it's going to hit others. It's got to. It has to, yeah. And I think... Uh, I heard uh, Michael Frederick the other day saying they're only at three uh, infections so far within the Dockers and Lockie Schultz in protocols now, so that's four. So, yeah, a whole lot of players still um, could get held up in the health and safety protocols at some point for the Dockers, but until they do, they've just uh, got to keep uh, what they're doing and uh, staying safe, and that is you know, not going out for the lunches and dinners and stuff like that when they get over to Melbourne and they can catch up with friends and stuff like that. But you even hear the other teams coming back to WA. They've got to buy masks again to come back. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those weird things where we have had the mask enforced even more, uh, on, uh, in WA mm. and you talk from, to people from Sydney and Melbourne and they've got to purchase one to come back to WA at the moment. So it's just different stages around the country at the moment. So looking at the top four, Melbourne next week, take on Richmond. Do you mm. think Richmond can give the reigning premiers a shake? I don't think they can. No. Um, as much as I'd like to, uh, see, you know, Melbourne have to, you know, really deep down and find a bit of uh, resilience. I don't think uh, Richmond are the ones to push them. And Fremantle take on Carlton? It's, again, anything can happen. Anything can happen after what we saw last time. But I would I would like to think they're going to push them at the moment. Yeah. Okay. When we come back in our last hour, more reviews of the Round 5 action so far. And, of course, we can cast our eye across Round 6. You're on Sunday nights with Jen, Paul Heater and Bray Loveridge. More to come. Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. Welcome to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Welcome back here to Sunday Nights with Jen Wallace, Paul Heater Heath and Bray Loveridge stepping back in to the co-host chair. Bray, welcome back. It's the third hour, the last hour of Sunday Nights. What was your so far favourite moment of AFL Round 5? Question without notice. Tough one, yeah. You haven't given me much warning here. Uh, I'm going to say 
Well, I went to the West Coast Sydney game Friday night. And I'll say the favourite moment was seeing everyone rushing out of the stadium at about halftime. Oh, the West Coast Swans game? Yep. I'll be honest, I left at halftime. Did you? You yeah. were one of those. Yeah, Oh, I hello. Did. The only reason was I was with probably, I reckon it was five or six of us. And everyone was like, nah, sick of it. We're going to the Camfield. So everyone just wanted to make the short walk to the Camfield from off the stadium. Uh, get in. Go to the Camfield and get out of that horror of a football game. Well, that first half, as a West Coast supporter, here we go. Let's put yep. you put you oh, under the heat very on. quickly because we've got Rob on the line that we're going to yep. cast to very, very, very soon. But that first half with that unwanted piece of history with how long it took you to get your first score, what were you thinking? Well, I actually pulled out AFL tables probably, I'm going to say early in the second or maybe quarter time. And I was like, oh, uh, what's the record for the lowest score in an AFL game? Because I reckon we're pretty close. And... Uh, discovered it was 1953 Footscray versus Fitzroy. I think it was Fitzroy. Uh, they just scored a goal and that goal came in the last quarter. Okay. So I was like, we could be on track here, <laughs> but, uh, luckily Liam Ryan got a lovely free kick top of the goal square and slotted through the first and then Josh Kennedy slotted one or well, not slotted one, snapped one around the yep. corner, uh, from the point post pretty much. It was a good kick. I was right next to that pretty much. So was, uh, I'm glad you found some highlights. You got yeah, away from it. I wanted a piece of history. Yeah, found some, but it was not a night I want to forget. But I didn't actually want to leave because I actually wanted to be there to witness history. I'm a biggest defeat, <laughs> but it didn't happen. Okay. Uh, I obviously left and West Coast picked up their game in that third quarter. All right. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number to get involved here on Sunday nights. Have your say about some good things across AFL Round 5 for you or maybe where you've been unhappy or disappointed in your side's performance. Rob from Strathmore joins us now. G'day, Rob. You're on with Jen and Bray. Hi, Jen and Bray. Um, I just wanted to talk about how frustrated, disillusioned, almost given up on my club, Essendon. That performance after halftime, and I, I don't want to take too much away from Fremantle because I reckon they're a good side, but our midfield laid seven tackles for the whole game. Oh. Now, it's our 150th year. Ben Rutten calls us, we're going to be blue-collar. And then we get Dyson Heppel saying, oh, we don't stand for this. This is not what we stand for. Well, mate, we haven't won a final in 19 years. It's what you stand for. Mediocrity. No good. Never scored in the third quarter. They're mm. an absolute embarrassing incident. And the list manager, and I'm going to say this till the day I die, how's the Dorio's been there 24 years? What, what are we doing as a football club with that list and that, that bloke as its list manager? Something has to change at that football club. 20 24 years I've he's been involved, eh? He's been there 24 years, Jen. Wow. We haven't, won a, we haven't made top four in 21 years. Yeah, you that's... can't win a flag on the make top four. What? What, what, what are you doing as a football club that he's still there? Well, you, you raise a great point, and we talk about that with... Oh. Lots of others that you, you can put the coach under the gun, you can put the players under the gun, but it's also got to look across the entire organisation, don't you? Sorry to get so worked up, but I just get so frustrated. I can't do anything as a supporter. All I can do is support them with my money. And then I watch that rubbish 
after half time in their 150th year. You know, the, before the first game, when we played Geelong, they had the 62 premiership sides handed out the jumpers to the players. And they went out and lost by 10 goals to Geelong. And if Cameron hadn't got injured, it would have been 100 points. You can't come back from that. You just can't. No. But they are embarrassment to that football club, some of those players. And I've just had enough. Well, the losses this year, you, you're right. You've had, what, the most recent ones by 48. Uh, then it was 29, 22, and then 66 to start the season. So that often we talk about when you're in a losing position, you've got to lose by as little as possible. And that's the fight yeah. that's probably missing from Essendon. And, and if you connect back to the 150 years, the the, the, the players, past players presenting the, the jerseys, presenting the jumpers, that's what you want to see come through is that real fight. Yeah. yeah, that's all I ask for, Ken. I just ask for effort. Effort, yeah. Effort, and 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 they're so inconsistent. You know, like they'll they'll play okay one week, then they'll get thrashed the next week. Mm. You just don't know what you're going to get when you walk when you go to see them play. Yeah, well, I can sense your but, frustration definitely, Rob. And we really appreciate you you sharing your thoughts here on uh, Sunday nights. No worries, Ken. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Rob. Very patient to wait through. And, oh, Bray, you just sense the frustration completely. It comes down the line on the text message as well. Mark from North Bowen has got in touch as well to say, Essendon just bleed goals. It hurts me to watch. Nine in a row that they leaked. It was you know, tough going when you – what was it at half time? It was a close game at half well, time. Was, so. S- Essendon 5-8, Fremantle 6-5. Three-quarter time, Essendon 5-10, Fremantle 12-8. So it's a six-goal – Third quarter for Fremantle to zero goals Essendon. Yeah, they, go. All they kicked was two points. Like it's a very big drop off. Like it was a very competitive game. The game was up and down in terms of the who was leading. There was a lot of lead changes. Well, I'm probably counting. Well, I'm going to get say three or four, le- five lead changes. I reckon Early. in that first half, yep. and then they just dropped off and they looked like they were nowhere. Like they weren't going to come back uh, at all. Like three goals in the last half. Yeah. It's not ideal football. And Rob bringing up that the midfield really were missing there. Uh, that the, he, he mentioned Dyson Heppel speaking after the game. We've got some of that audio for you here. Have a listen. Well, Hep, what are your initial thoughts after that result? Yeah, no, it's um, extremely disappointing. Um, yeah, we're hurting as a group, absolutely. And um, you know, I thought we, we played the way we liked for that first half. We had plenty of opportunities. We were right in the game. Um, you know, sticking to our real DNA, the way we wanted to you know, show up tonight. And then just went so far away from that sort of blue collar, um, in and under, just grinding away type of footy. And, um, yeah, it was just a snowballing effect and went insular and constricted. And uh, just a really flattening, deflating way to finish that second half. And, um, you know, I know our members and fans are hurting and um, we're going to do everything to get our season back on track. And, um, you know, I can tell you from the heart that we are bloody working. Behind the scenes, we are working extremely hard and we're just not getting the results on game day. And, um, but I know and I have full trust in this group that we'll get back on track for sure. Is it just disappointing as well that you're based off the previous three weeks where we were able to etch out a win and, and be really competitive against two top four teams to, to sort of come in today and, and then have that fade away? Yeah, absolutely. No, it really is. And, and we need to have a good look at why that has occurred. You know, we, we've given ourselves opportunities in the last three weeks. We managed to get over the line and hold on last week. And 
um, for some reason, they just took it to us in that second half. We couldn't, you know, withhold their heat and, um, you know, band together and really fight back. And, um, yeah, it's really deflating. M amongst the, the negativity surrounding today, there was a, a positive in Benny Hobbs debuting. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Benny's performance for his first game? Yeah, look, I thought he showed up in exactly the way we wanted to play for four quarters. You know, he competed really hard. Um, you know, he was clean with the ball, he fought forward and tried to, you know, um, get us on top in those contests. And, um, you know, it's the first of many for him to come. And I just love the attitude that's it, that he brings and the way he goes about it. So um, we're proud of the way he went about it tonight. Ray, that was um, Dyson Heffel speaking with uh, Essendon Media and gathered throughout their, their Twitter to bring that audio to you. But Rob had mentioned that sort of disillusionment from the comments that the coach is making about being a blue-collar side, Dyson Heffel's comments as well. And, uh, you know, on the on the text line, sounds like a terrible Easter for Bombers supporters. Yep. Look, it's you know, they came off a, a win last week. Again, inconsistency has been the, the word thrown around from the Bombers supporters across the show this evening. So if we take back to last week, it was a close win by four over Adelaide Crows and there was plenty of sort of good discussion coming off. They'd broken that three-game losing streak, got the win, but then straight back into a performance that no one is happy with. Yeah, and it doesn't really get any easier, does it? They come up against, obviously, Collingwood on Anzac Day, which is always going to be a tough fight. Anzac Day always produces good games in recent history. And Collingwood, they're a bit up and down, as we know. They lost to the West Coast at... Uh, Marvel the other week, uh, but they're not tracking as bad as well, I certainly thought they would be going this year. They've uh, gone up above my expectations, but they come up against the Bulldogs the week after, which is obviously another tough game. Bulldogs, arguably a premiership contender. Mm -hmm. Hawthorne the week after that in round eight. Yes. Well, they're sitting 50 -50. just outside the eight yeah. right now. It is 50-50 there. Two Hawthorne wins, two started losses. strong, but sort of haven't performed as well. We'll but see more Sydney of them the in SCG. action tomorrow. Yeah, Sydney at the SCG the, uh, on the round nine, that is even tougher. So not the easiest next couple of weeks for the Dons, and it's not really going to get any easier, is it? No, you wouldn't think so, but that is that is the way the game should yeah. be. It should be should be tough, but what we don't want to see is, you know, the likes of, for example, Melbourne just streaking away oh. with it. Um, Dean on the text line is... More than happy if Melbourne continue to streak away with it in St Kilda in that sense. He's like, what a blast if it's Melbourne versus St Kilda grand final. Bring it on. Yep. Round five, still one game to go. Hawthorne versus Geelong to, to round out round five. Uh, so, look, it's Heater's obviously excited about thinking about September for Fremantle. We've got Melbourne and St Kilda fans excited yep. about September as well. You yourself, after round five, are you feeling like we can put a, you know, get the permanent marker out, the Sharpie out, and can we put a line through anyone already? In terms of ruling them out yeah. already? I'm going to say Port Adelaide, West Coast are my main two that we would have thought would have been in contention. Uh, if we look, uh, Essendon, I would say, yeah. I, I w I'm not going to rule Essendon out completely. I'm going to put a little asterisk next to their names to say they're almost gone. Okay. Like they are on the verge, I reckon. Obviously, they've still got the same amount of wins as West Coast. But the West Coast, they just they showed nothing. They that was gent like that first quarter on Friday night was the worst quarter of football I've ever seen from West Coast in recent years. Um, I'm also gonna well obviously gonna rule out North Melbourne. Don't see much in them obviously so far this year, and nothing nothing much is gonna change. 
Gold Coast is a bit interesting. Obviously, they beat West Coast in Perth, but West Coast was obviously uh-huh. a bit. Uh, they were lacking, lacking in players. Yep. yep. Uh, and obviously, then they beat Carlton last week at Metricon. So, uh, yeah, up and down for them. Okay. But uh, I'm not going to rule. Oh, well, the only clubs I'm going to rule out at the moment is Port Adelaide, North Melbourne, and West Coast. All right, so nearly put, ruling out Essendon. All right. So you put the Sharpie through West Coast Eagles, North Melbourne, and Port Adelaide, yeah. but just the pencil line through Essendon at the moment. Yeah, just just I'm a gonna, pencil. Yeah, just a pencil. Just a right. little dot or something. But <laughs> there are definitely some teams that I'm going to lock in. To, the, to make the finals. I don't know if you want to go through it or not, but there's a, definitely a couple I'm going to lock in. Let's save that. Let's come yep. back with your come locks back. for finals time yep. and maybe people can get involved on the text line as well. 0433 98 11 16. Do you agree with Bray? You're putting the Sharpie through West Coast, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide. And who would you be putting in as a lock for finals already as we're coming to the end of round five action, just the one game to go in round five. Uh, Mark has got back in touch on the text line to say if he was doing the pays at Essendon, they would have been docked for today's effort. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that, <laughs> Mark. That's a, you, not you, a bad you, point. I know they don't get paid by what quarters. They get paid by matches. But if you get paid by quarters, completely wipe out that last half. They can get paid their first <laughs> half, but completely wipe out the second half. <laughs> Bray and Mark agreeing there from the text line. Time for your calls and your texts after this on Sunday night. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Nunes back in the side, tumbles into the goal square. It's Skittle Cleary and a toe poker for Kerno. And Carlton get the first of the afternoon. Campbell into the goal square came from Finn Lason. It sat fortuitously for Gray to get one from point blank range. Pitnet launches inside forward 50. Mackay almost took the mark on the chest after he rose up. Front and square work from Martin is exactly where you want him to be at the fall of the ball. Newman kicks it at the top of the square. Mackay at the front. Martin does the crumbing. Onto the right. It's another one. His second. Therefore, the Carlton folk are absolutely loving this. Now towards the top of the square. Martin calling for it. Mackay showed a bit of toe and then just toe pokes it through. Carlton with a scrubbly kick to Mackay. And now Fisher against the boundary. Tries a tricky one. I reckon he's got it. He's bounced it through. Ray slipped under the tackle. High contact's going to be called. Got underneath it a little, but it's accurate. He gets his second and he gets their third. And then back he goes to Kerno, scrubbly kick towards Mackay. Off hands it goes. Chance now. Durden. They're all getting involved. The Blues and Durden round the body puts it through for their 12th. Sits nicely for Weedering. Great forward pressure. Pow Pepper regathers. Arcs around. The snap on the right boot will go all the way to the line. And that's their best of the day. Hamble Houston and then pops it up in the air. This is a chance for Port Adelaide and the mark has been taken. Mark has been taken in the pocket Rosie. by Rosie. Can he do something plucky here? The banana. The banana. Golapai didn't move. He did do something plucky. And that makes it interesting. He loads up. It's going long. It's starting to move left to right. It's in. Oh, that's a massive one, Wood. Ryan Burton. Port Adelaide storming back into this game. Trying to be again clever with the kick with Brothers. Lovely pick up. Pal Pepper. Right foot snap. Has he? 
He has. Oh, yes, he has! And it's a single-figure margin. Birdman hooks the kick inside for 50. Oh. It's a mark taken. Gray. Top of the square, Robbie Gray. Play on call and pawn it back within a kick. Remarkable scenes at the MCG. Doherty goes to Nunes, has a bit of space, sends it long to a one-on-one. Kerner up the back, uses his body and takes the mark at the top of the square. He'll be kicking from 20 metres out directly in front to give Carlton the buffer they desperately need. That's the reaction. Pressure football, a lead, a boat. Still there, Port Adelaide, 52 metres out. Boak sends it to the top of the square. Georgiades has taken the mark. Punt road ends. Crucial stages. Three minutes 45 left on the countdown clock. Opens up the angle and puts it through. Back to three points. Ball thrown back in. Pitnet hits the deck. Siren about the sound, and there it is. In front of 33,000 people. An Easter Sunday special at the MCG. Porter on the canvas. Nine seconds into the 10 second count. And they found a way to drag themselves up back into the game. But the Blues hang on. We're here on Sunday nights looking at across the games that were played. Sunday specifically at the moment, obviously a fair bit of chatter about the Fremantle-Essendon game and now having a, a turn to look at the Carlton-Port Adelaide game. And the reason I want to talk about this is I know Michael on the text line thinks that I'm absolutely continually bagging Port Adelaide, but I want to talk about the fact that they that's that turnaround for mine, that's exciting and I think that's a positive that not a lot of people saw coming. Bray, I know Kane Corns, uh, he spoke post-game. He said, I'm doing my best to defend Ken Hinckley, but there's not much he can do if his players drop uncontested marks and fumble the ball like they are today. I'm really glad they did come back. Nine goals to two in the second half. We did not see that coming in any way. They just, they needed a little bit more time, and I think Port Adelaide had their first win of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Well, six goals to one in that third quarter in terms of uh, Port Adelaide's advantage there is a massive turnaround because they were, what, eight goals behind at halftime and they've come out and just kicked, what, six to one in, mm. the, in the third quarter. It's a massive turnaround considering they kicked, what, two goals in each quarter to start off and Carlton have kicked six in each quarter to start off. So it's a massive, massive turnaround. Just about won the game and they had a shot late in the game, late in the quarter the, to win the game. Um, can't remember who kicked it off the top of my head, but uh, apparently he was a bit fatigued, didn't mm. have the legs. And if he used, the commentators at the time were saying if they if he used a bit of common sense that he didn't have the legs, he knew he didn't have the legs that far because he was so fatigued, then maybe he should have just passed it off and maybe yeah. could have won the game. But... I don't know. I, I feel like that the, the turnaround they needed, that we've seen it in that 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 fight. That's what that's what people were asking for was to for the effort and the fight. And when you go down as far as you had for Port Adelaide, it would have been really easy to turn over and just give away another sort of 
a game where there was lack of effort or, or perceived lack of effort. There's no, never lack of effort, but perceived lack of effort. But they came around and you could hear it in the call. It was, you know, back to single digits. It was it turned into an absolute thriller on yeah. Easter Sunday. And to me, Port Adelaide, now you just think, I know not a great start to the season in other ways, but they're, they're on the way back up again. Ken, Ken Hinckley spoke, Bray, post-match. Let's have a listen to his words. Is there a more glass half full given how well you came back? The very question I just asked the players. Where do we want to spend our time in, in, a, in, a, in a review of a game like that? Do we want to spend our time in our poor first half or our positive second half? I think an honest football club will spend time on where, where you got beat, and that was the first half, and we have to spend some time there. As positive as the second half was from sticking at it, not giving up, keeping, keeping to task, I, we can take something from that, but we, we can't deliver a, um, a margin of 50 points at half-time. In a game. Have you ever coached a game like that? It's so stark. Yeah, I think I think I've been in. I've been footy too long. <laughs> I've been in it too long. I've been in lots of those games where there's big margins that turn around, and and we knew coming into the game that Carlton's Carlton's second halves have been quite different to their first halves. You know, I'm sure they you know that they'd be aware of that. But we thought that if we could get a bit of scoreboard pressure going, we we were still in the game. It seems a bit silly at 50 points down, but that's what we believed. Can you still salvage the season from here? What do you expect my answers to be? It's going to be yes, and I, you know, I'll continue to believe that, and I'm going to continue to work towards that because it, it can. It's enormously challenging. There's no doubt about that, but I'm not going to give up, and the team won't give up. We'll keep the task and we'll keep going. You never know. We might get on a run just as big. You know what? My first year, we went five and zero in the first round, first five rounds. We then went zero and five. We made the finals. Does it matter when you lose your five in a row? If you can win enough, I don't know. But my, my history tells me that you can lose five in a row and still make finals. Is there enough to, to work on in that second half that you can take into next week? Absolutely there was. You know, there's, there was a lot, a lot to do in the first half on improvements. There's a lot to like in the second half on what we, what we showed. And, I, you know, we're developing up. We had Sam Hayes. We had Connor Rose. We had Zach Butters. We had Carl Amon around the ball. You know, we had a lot of, lot of, lot of opportunity and a lot of optimism around the ball, and they got they got the ball going where we wanted it to go. Trabe's, as I said to the boys, half Trabe's been a soldier for us forever. Let's step up. Come on. Did you think Eamon had the, the leg in him? He had that shot for, from 52, Yeah, he's a pretty powerful kick on the run. I would, yeah, but it, it was late in the game, fatigue and all the things that go on. And you know, we, we had chances in the last bit. We didn't. You know, we've, I think we kicked the first three points of the last quarter, maybe four, first four points of the last quarter, which were. Pretty gettable, some of them. But scoreboard says Carlton won. Ken Hinckley speaking after what I feel was a really fighting loss and something that, to me, shows some real backbone coming through in Port Adelaide and just what they needed. I know a win would have been better, Bray, but uh, it was a, a loss that was by as little as they could possibly make it, which is what impressed me. Let's head to the open line, one 736 736 I know we've got Mark who would also like to speak a little bit here about Ken Hinckley. Mark, thanks for coming and welcome to the show. Yeah, um, hi guys. Listening from Shepherd and doing a great job. I love this show on a Sunday evening. Look, firstly, I think with Ken Hinckley, we've got to unpack a few things. He is contracted to the end of 2023. He's got him into two prelims. And when he came to the club at Port, they were a basket case. And I think he's owed at least to, you know, see out the contract, even if he does lose next week and becomes 0-6. and six. 
Yeah, well, I think even Michael, who we know uh, across the show, is a very passionate Port Adelaide fan. He's pointing out, you know, Richmond went five um, and went down with five and have gone on and won the premiership. Um, I liked that Ken Hinckley mentioned, you know, sometimes you lose five in a season. Does it matter where your five happens if we can turn it around? And do you think that there's a chance now to turn it around? I do. I think they've got the nucleus there, and I think they proved that today. I mean, in the second half, they were the moral winners, in a way, if you like, for want of a better term. And really, I mean, it's another issue with Colton and their fade-outs if they still seem to have that major problem. But I I felt the big turning point is when they got um, Amon and put him on to... um, I'm just trying to think of the midfielder now. I've just lost the name being on air, but... um, uh, who got the most possessions today, and I've just lost his name. I can't believe it. Um, Colton player. Huh? Ben Walsh. Yeah, Walsh. Yeah, they, they, they moved um, Amon on to Walsh in the second quarter, and look, yeah. Walsh was still good, but that influence that he had, because he got 16 disposals in the first term, and he done a really good job, Amon. I still think the nucleus is there for them to... Maybe, maybe they might not make finals this year, but I still think in 2023 and they put a few wins together this season, they still could probably make it. But what I'm trying to really say is I think Ken Hinckley deserves to at least see where it sits this time next year. And if it hasn't gotten any better then, with the contract negotiations at the end of that season, then look at it. Okay. Well, that's good, Mark. It's good to have someone coming in and sticking up for Ken Hinckley or showing, I guess, a little bit of process around where, you know, the contract stands and what we can possibly gain out of the year. I really appreciate that point of view. Was there some comments you were keen to make as well regarding West Coast? Oh, yeah, I was. It was just like, um, look, I, I believe the, the chap that's with you is a West Coast supporter. He and is. Look, I heard a little earlier that Sam Mitchell was there in 2018 and, and he'd done a great job, Sam Mitchell. Yep. wasn't ideal that he left the club, but you've got to remember with West Coast, well, I believe, and I can I can stand to be corrected, they've been the worst affected side with COVID. Mm. They had to go through the hubs, stay away from home for a myriad of weeks, and this season it's been well documented. Now, the thing is what I'm trying to get at here is continuity. Sides need continuity. And West Coast have really battled because they can't get continuity because they can't get their mainstay players on the park. And yeah. this is going to happen with them all year. They're going to be good in games, and then this is going to happen. I think you're right, and even that continuity is a great word for it because even as players have come back from health and safety protocols and then have to come in, whilst we all sit there and go, hurrah, there's there's some big ins coming in, the continuity is affected. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm, I'm saying. They were great against Collingwood, and I'm a Collingwood supporter, and I, I cheered them because I just feel that they've been the most affected side and look, they won the 2018 Grand Finals. I've got a lot of reasons to hate West Coast, really. <laughs> but, but really, I mean, that was a brave win last week. And that was one of the best wins. And I'm 55. And I'm not trying to be hyperbole in saying this. But that's one of the best wins I've ever seen VFL stroke AFL level. Yeah, but, and the thing is, with, with the, the COVID situation, and look, Sam Mitchell leaving in 2018, at the end of the 2018 season, wasn't great. Like, it's not ideal, but I just want to put it out on the table that West Coast have been the most affected side since 2018, 19, 20 with COVID. 
Yeah. That's what I believe anyway. No, I think it's a really good yeah. – it's made even more valid by the fact that you're not a West Coast yeah. parochial supporter. So, Mark, we really appreciate your opinions coming through tonight. No worries. Thank you, guys. You're doing a great show. Thanks, Mark. Always lovely to hear some confidence-boosting words from Mark in, in Shepparton. Especially a Collingwood supporter in Victoria talking about West Coast. So, yeah, that's uh, a very big plus for uh, the West Coast fans and supporter base. So to think that the, the Collingwood fan base actually has some respect. But it sounds like coming from, well, obviously being here in Perth, sounds like West Coast are getting a lot of respect uh, from what they've been ha- having some to do in the last some, couple of weeks. and understanding yeah. of what they're actually going through. I think yeah. the thing is that most clubs out there realise that it's a matter of time and then we'll start to have a conversation as we see others get struck down by health and safety but protocols. It Hopefully happen? it doesn't. Hopefully is it, it doesn't. Is it going to happen? Because a lot of clubs have, I guess, gone through it in off-seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might just of, be Perth's turn yeah, because Perth's just, delayed exactly. in, in how it's hit it. You're right. You could be right. We could so talk it, about that. It's, I reckon, in my opinion, I'm not a health expert yeah, or No doctors. No doctors here. But not pretending. Fremantle, I believe, are the only team that will be affected by COVID for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, teams will have little little cases like there's one, always one there's always, there. there's always yep. one person that's out with health health and safety protocols but i reckon but not a big no chunk. no major uh outage like west coast had in rounds what two and three yeah they're right. not going to have anything like that or only freeman will be having something like yeah that. not a bad point when you look at the way COVID is working its timeline around australia it's yeah. wa is being hit by it now so exactly. the the logic the sits there Fremantle, that those two Fremantle teams could will be it. hit freeman could say get their little spike in say a month's time and that's when COVID has sort of gone down yeah, in Perth. So it might only affect a couple of players, not the whole squad. Mm. So who knows? Interesting point. Uh, more time for your calls and your texts after we clear this next break. Jimmy is on the line. We're going to be coming to you straight off the back. So hang in there, Jimmy. You're on Sunday night with Jen and Bray. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Well, we are coming up to the end of uh, Sunday nights here with Jen Wallace across SEN. Uh, Bray Loveridge stepping into the chair at the moment, Bray. And been some really good discussions across the show so far, obviously focusing on AFL round five. And we've had Jimmy hanging on nicely on the call line, 1300 736 736. So time to give Jimmy some space here to chat to us. Jimmy, thanks for your company. No worries. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for your Good patience. Evening. You're right. I just, I've been to the Essendon Freo game. I'm one-eyed Freo 25 years. Yeah. And I think we are a long way off. You think we're not there we're yet? Long, not even close. They're, they're still kids. I, they're, I'm going to offend a few people, but Essendon were pathetic about second half. So, um, we still did a lot of dockerish things, a lot of them. Dockerish, that's a term that needs to be coined, isn't it? Because you're so right. We often say with, with Frio, there's nothing more Frio than doing this. I like Dockerish. I'm going to use that from now on, if you don't mind, Jimmy. Yeah, it's Dockerish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're a long way off. They're still kids. You know, I think we're just, we might be second on the ladder, but we haven't played any of the big guns yet. Yeah. But we're not far off. Mm. I think we're still 18 months away. Okay. Yeah. You know, this, time, this time next year, we'll be right up there. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah. I think, 
Sam from Dandenong called up, uh, what, about an hour ago, uh, saying that he reckons they can make the top four. Um, yeah, I agree no, with you, possibly, saying you're probably a bit they, too young. You know, probably next year, the year after, is probably a year to show. They could possibly make the top four, because it seems like everyone yeah. that should be in the top four are out of form. Yeah. And and you, they could possibly make it, but they're not going, they're not even, they're still 10 goals off Melbourne. Yeah. And looking at your draw, you don't have a too difficult draw, really. You're only difficult, uh, I guess, uh, challenges of the of the season's uh, fixture for you guys is you play Melbourne twice and you have to play Geelong and Geelong. The rest are yeah. not real difficult games. I guess you could say they're winnable. Oh, it's handy when you live in Perth and get to play West Coast twice. Yeah, agreed with that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not always that way, though, Jimmy, as you know, no, no, being no. a Tocker supporter. You've got to take no. when you can. It might, it might be for a little while, though. And the next they, derby is a talking. Dockers home game as well, so... Yeah, uh, no, I just nice. think... But you've got the likes, you know, Chapman, Walker, you can Sarong, they're all 19, 20, young. There's a little... You, Squad Whips fielded the second youngest team all year. You take Mundy out of there, we're probably the youngest. How good is Barramundi going still, though? Like, I think as a oh, – when you, when you have someone that's got that veteran status and experience, he's still playing a role. Do you think that he's yes. someone that with the, the youth coming through now and starting to own their space and, and be, you know, performing week to week, Nat Fife, you still to come back, is Mundy someone that – could we haven't we haven't even seen his name raised over this this evening's discussions? But is he yeah. someone that might make way? We had COVID. He was in two weeks locked in his house. Done yeah, a week, true. two weeks, and he came out last week first up, and he was rusty. He was still like great on the hands, but he was rusty. But oh, he's good. Oh, I find the players like Collier up the front. They do a lot of the managing. Then you got Monday in the midfield managing, telling everyone where to run. Oh, they're still learning. They're still a long way behind. Where Melbourne, they don't. They just know where to go. Mm. So, but they're learning and they seem coachable. Like there was a few things that changed in the second half, but Essendon they just seemed a long way off it. They, as soon as it got a bit tough, they just ran around in circles trying to handle the problem to another one. Yeah, so you were there, yeah. obviously watching live. You know, the, the game was yeah. still considered close as of the the halftime break. That's where all the the commentary was. Was this game was was turning into a a lovely, you know, challenging game with both sides. Well, you, yeah, you saw the game. Why did it tear apart? Oh, they just the pressure. The yeah, pressure got ramped up in the second half. And uh, Eston couldn't handle it. They just kept turning the ball over and we're just running waves. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and they just had no answers. They just got too hot in the kitchen, too hard, and just handballed the problem. No one, no, they just kept handballing the people yeah. standing on their the haunches. No run and dash, just past the problem. Well, in recent history, it's been Fremantle to crumble under the pressure Always. that changes halfway. And now they're the ones putting on the pressure. So it's very good signs for Fremantle yeah, in the coming years. And it's something to be very excited for. Yeah, well, well I reckon there's a good five years coming ahead. Yeah. We're still not there, but it's going to be five Because they're so young still. Mm. Yeah. Good not, young. Which is prom- promising. After all these 25, what are we? 28 years now, nothing. Yeah, 28. And it, yeah. it's been it's good to maybe see maybe one in the next five, possibly. It's been good to see the likes of O'Driscoll uh, coming through in these last couple of weeks, hasn't he improved? And then even you look at Will Brody with games and confidence um, in his position, seeming seemingly a, a great pickup for for Fremantle. Yeah, great pickup. I I thought he was a bit you know a bit 
bit too nice in there. I got held down by a couple of supporters on their Facebook page, but seen him tonight. He, he just he's just clean as he can have two defenders hanging off him and still get his hands out. He's, he's a great replacement for five while he's not there. So interesting to see how they fit into the same team. Mm. No, absolutely. Coming Very through similar. on the, the text line, agreeing with you, big fella says, yep, that O'Driscoll kid from Freo, he goes pretty good as well. So he's jumping in uh, the conversation as well. So, uh, and Tony, and, and, yeah, keep going, Jimmy. And, there's a, and there's, a, there's a lot more. I usually look at the reserves. There's a lot more coming through. Yeah, like, I still think Dirt's the number one out of all the kids. I mean, he's still injured, coming back. Got Warner, 19, out 32 disposals. Yeah, so Warner played very well on the weekend, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was easy. And then you got a few others like the, the Amiss. He's going to take a few years. Johnson. There's still a lot of young ones. Yeah, there yeah. is. Well, Jimmy, thank you so, so much for calling through you. tonight. It's been really good to talk to you and great to hear from a, a Melbourne-based Frio supporter. Yeah, thank you. Have Thanks a good night. You too. It's been great to chat to many people across Sunday night here Bray, uh, lots of callers coming through and all some really different points, but some really good yeah. points. And um, Tony on the text line, uh, our, our headline whiz, Mundy has an abundance of poise, skill, footy IQ, endurance, and a truly great bloke. He's not just Mundy, he's the entire week. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need some yeah. like sound effects to just yeah. applaud Tony's work across <laughs> this evening's show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Bray, when we come back, we'll talk about some of your locks that you think yes. – for September finals time. We'll also look through a couple more texts that have come on, uh, including a bit more chat about Darren Burgess, uh, the strength and conditioner or the, the head of fitness over there at Adelaide and just what is his history and, and how is he going so well over there. So plenty more to come. Probably time for a couple more cheeky calls if you want to come through. one 736 736 here on Sunday nights with Jen and Bray. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Live around Australia on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. You're listening to SEN Sunday Nights with Jenny Wallace. Get involved on 1300 736 736. Thank you for your company right across this Sunday night show. We're winding it up the back end of three hours of great conversation with all of you. Uh, Darren Burgess, someone was asking through on the text line. He's obviously worked at Melbourne as part of their premiership drought um, staff last year. A couple of stints at Port Adelaide. He's been with the Socceroos, Arsenal, Liverpool, and now working wonders across Adelaide in both the AFL men's and women's competition. He's gone a long way since he lectured this little Jenny Wallace years and years ago at North Sydney um, ACU University. Fun fact. My one uh, fun, fun fact is that, um, yeah. look, he's gone a long way from that and I'd probably let him down greatly because I never used my degree. Um, <laughs> if we move through your locks quickly. Yeah, well, we've been waiting for a while for these ones, haven't we? Uh, yeah. Well, so locks for the top eight. I went through who I'm going to rule out. So I've ruled out uh, Port Adelaide, North Melbourne, West Coast and just a, fa- a faint line yep. through Essendon. Um, as I still have some hope, but I'm going to pencil in for the finals, Melbourne. I reckon you can pencil them in to win the minor premiership. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reckon they're, they're on their way to, they're not losing that top spot at all this year. They're going to keep that from round. Did they lead after round one? Are they? No, yeah. Did they lead after oh, round one? Round one, I can't the remember because yeah. they might not have had the same percentage. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But they're going to be out there for the whole season. Uh, 
gets tough, but I'm going to chuck in Sydney. Yep. Uh, they're the next team I'm penciling in. Um, I locked them in. I think I predicted them to finish fourth or fifth. Yep. Uh, they're on track. I, I know that nothing changed from the weekend after smashing West Coast, but I've always thought they were going to be there. Isaac Heaney, he's dominating. He's like that man, that man's almost unstoppable. Who else have you got as a lock? Uh, Roll it through gets, them. It's tough. I'm going to say the Western Bulldogs. They sit at 10th at the moment. Can't but discount the doggies. Yep. They're definitely going to uh, probably finish top four. Brisbane, I'm also going to pencil in. Uh, they're going to be hard to be there. They're going to obviously keep rolling in. they just got to play four quarters of footy. They didn't quite do that properly, I guess, in the last, or oh, against Collingwood on Thursday night. Uh, an interesting one for everyone. On every, It's not everyone's lips at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's Fremantle. I'm not going to pencil them in. Well, Sharpie them in, we'll say. But I'll pencil them in for six to, from six to eight. Okay. So that's where you're at. I'm confident in Fremantle. Okay, so you're confident in Melbourne, Sydney, Western Bulldogs, Brisbane, and Fremantle at the moment. That's great, Bray. Thank you for your company across tonight. Don't forget, of course, a big Easter Monday game, Hawthorne versus Cats. Quickly, who have you got? Oh, it's tough. I'm probably going to go Geelong. Okay, me too. I'm sitting on Cats. It could be, as Dean says, David and Goliath. It's the fight to the death, Hawthorne versus the Cats tomorrow. And uh, coming up straight after this Sunday night show, don't forget you can can show your support for the Scottish Cup semi-final by tuning in to Rangers versus Celtic. Celtic Online at CelticFC.com forward slash store is the way to show your support online. And the Glasgow Derby, it starts in just under... Six minutes. Find out who will go through to face Hearts in the final after they defeated Hibernian 2-1 last night. Thank you for your company, your calls, your texts. It's been brilliant. Thanks for the conversation. Don't forget, tomorrow, the 3.20 local MCG Hawthorne versus Geelong. Have a great Monday. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um... Occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.